Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. With Hollywood code, I'm with Molly G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog, millionaire Bollywood flowing up. Uh, my real friends never hearing from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get you confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path. But God Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Rich Shelvin, alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, joining us here live on a Thursday night show. It is the final Thursday of the month of May here on the 20th day. It's a little after 6. That means it's time to get after it here for the next three hours. And it is a packed-out, solid show from your phone calls to hot topics to a VIP room that is loaded all the way from the South Carolina Youth Football Association's very own commissioner. Jay Williams, he joins us for his regular segment here at 6.30. Then at 7 o'clock, we head to Manning, South Carolina. We'll check in with Coach Schmitty. He's the athletic director and the head football coach at C.E. Murray. He's going to talk to us about this new thing that just came out from the South Carolina uh, High School League. Now, remember, we want to get mad at the high school league, but this is probably, and we'll get in here with Smitty and find out, but, but I understand this to be a little bit bigger than the high school league. They had to get some jurisdiction from uh, the state and, of course, uh, the, uh, the ins and outs and what you can and what you can't do. And, again, it's baby steps. It sure beats where we are. And I understand we'll get into that with Coach Schmidt at 7 o'clock. Then around 8 o'clock, it's going to be a high school football coach back here in Somerville at the Ashley Ridge campus will join us. That's right, the new head coach of the football program of the Swamp Foxes, Coach Fever, joins us. At 8 o'clock, I believe uh, he's going to have a lot of things on his mind. So we're going to talk to an athletic director, a football coach. We'll talk to a commissioner. We'll talk to, uh, well, a handful of others who will possibly call in throughout the show. I do believe also from that South Carolina Youth Football Association, uh, from the same Swamp Fox uh, tree, if you will, their coach may even dial us up here around 730. So between that, maybe a player or two, or maybe it's you, can join us here tonight. You can do that live for the next three hours. If you want to call in and tell us your thoughts and your opinions of the high school league and, and how they're going to open the doors and the, the gates, if you will, and the fields for uh, some more activity and get things back up and running at a slow pace, you can call in and tell us your thoughts and your opinions. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. You can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Of course, we're doing a little bit over there at Instagram as things start to open up. We'll have a few more pictures. Of course, that's more of an Instagram deal there. Of course, I'm going to put Eugene in charge of that. He seems to be quite the photographer uh, of the two of us there, of course, as we're coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios here in Somerville. I do want to give a shout-out to Jamie and all the guys and girls over there at the uh, at the center over there at the Factory Sports and Training uh, Studio over there. As they start to get things up and running, I know, Eugene, you were over there uh, yesterday, got a nice little workout, huh? Oh, my gosh, man. I spent 63 minutes, and I set my phone. I spent 63 minutes, and uh, my trainer for my group was Malcolm Howard, and 
I'll, I'll tell you, um, I was a little intimidated. And you go in, there's a lot of equipment. You know, there's music playing. There's basketball at one end. There's this whole section with the ladies doing their music and their fitness going. You know, and I, and I looked around at the guys in my group with Malcolm, and some of these dudes are pretty ripped and cut. You know, they played – you know, uh, some more uh, physical positions in the game of football than I did by far. You know, and I'm I'm looking around. You know, uh, we kind of gave each other kind of a, an arm instead of a fist pound because of the whole you know distancing a little bit. But uh, no, I was intimidated going in. But the way it set up and, and the program and, and what we went through, I mean, some of these big guys were nearly just tapping out about halfway into it just because it's such a dynamic thing and it was the way it's set up, it was just so taxing on your body. You know, I was able to get down on the floor when we were done with certain lifts and able to go into my bicycle things and with my abs. And these, you know, huge muscled cut guys are basically just laying on the floor in front of the fan. I mean, you're pushed, you're pushed to your max and then pushed a little bit more. Um, and the whole time, you know, you got guys, even who weren't, like I said, we were under uh, Malcolm Howard. There were other guys just walking by, just screaming, you know, words of encouragement at you, like, you know, keep pushing, brother, you got this. Let me help you count them out. I mean, it was such a cool experience, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely look forward to that Monday, Wednesday, uh, working my butt off with Malcolm. I, I probably hadn't sweat that much until today. You know, today uh, I had uh, six kids that I trained for two hours uh, over at the field, and then I went over to North Charleston to the church, over by the airport, and a few friends of mine, uh, we boxed up some food. I think we handed out about 80 boxes worth of food to uh, to some families in need, and that was pretty hot, especially with we're having to wear all the masks and gloves. And, you know, temperatures are getting up, uh, so as you know, and, and that's something you alluded to that we'll be talking about later. Must be getting time for some uh, summer practice and some summer conditioning. But you know, we have had all these 60 degree days and nice cool days. Looks like those are out of the picture now that uh looks like we can start back some football conditioning. Yeah, no doubt about it. Of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this was released. The South Carolina high school sports teams are cleared to begin summer workouts. But here's the catch, of course. We can look into it here around 7, but kind of touch a little bit here for the next about 10 to maybe 15 minutes. Of course, high school sports teams around the state have been given the uh, the green light to begin summer workouts, uh, but there's, of course, uh, still some decisions to be made before uh, all those can happen. Now, the South Carolina High School League Commissioner, Jerome Singleton, announced on Thursday here that the state public schools can begin summer workouts, but group is not pursuing any guidelines regarding a start date. Instead, the league says schools can begin activities when their district or school permits academic group activities on campus. Now, that decision is unlike some neighboring states, Alabama has June 1st, Georgia June 8th, North Carolina June 15th, have all advised its high schools to, uh, of course, uh, when activities can begin. Now, Tennessee letting each individual county decide, which I think that's kind of neat as well, uh, when they can return. Uh, when you start to kind of put things in South Carolina's most state private schools governed by separately by the South Carolina Independent Schools Association can begin workouts as soon as June 1st, which is this coming Monday. Now, the high school league, uh, however, is leaving the decision up to the schools and school districts. Coaches, athletic directors, and districts were beginning, of course, to have those uh, discussions this afternoon. As, again, we mentioned we're going to get in here with um, – with Coach Schmidt, he's going to talk to us about his thoughts, but this was from 
uh, a winning coach in the uh, in the Midlands there. You guys have heard this name before from uh, Dutch Sports. Uh, very young Coach Knox said, it's too vague. We want a definite date. We need a full plan, not partial plan. Lay it out in front of us, in quotes. So you can hear the frustration there. Kind of similar to me, Eugene. It's kind of like what our governor did here in the state of South Carolina. You know, exactly. that, that stay home order. Really, it was kind of get to that place, then you're at that place. I, I don't understand why we at this state and the leaders of the state expect to have clarity or have direction when you're not clearly given a definition or a direction. Well, and I'll tell you this, because when the, when the post came out on some of the high school boards, you know, the social media boards and things like that, my first response was, one, define academic group activities, because everyone knows Schools are shut down until August, so if there's no academic group activities, and first of all, what the heck does that even mean? Summer school? There really isn't summer school. It would be online or virtual summer school or whatever it is, but it, that's not going to happen. So that's not defined. So then when I, when I spoke to someone, as, as I was telling you earlier, someone who is tied to that, who also is, is in the legal field like myself, was you know basically the high school league just said, you know what? Schools and school districts, y'all decide because they don't want to put out a date. They're not going to give you a hard date because they don't want to be, quote, unquote, either responsible, liable, or whatever if something goes awry. And we talked about this the last show. You and I talked about it. I talked about it with Reggie. You know, if, if, someone, if, if something happens and somebody walks into a locker room that has this and it spreads, much like the MRSA did back with uh, – uh, and I can't remember the, the team, uh, Cleveland Browns, a couple of years ago in that locker room during summer practice. Um, it's going to look bad. And so what everyone that I know of that read thoroughly that, menu, that memo said, the high school league basically said, it's up to your own school district. It's up to your own school. Let the principal or let the school district take the rap. We're just going to go with, okay, it's sometime in June. You guys decide. But here is probably probably – some recommendations you should probably follow. And those aren't even in, it's not like any of those recommendations because that's what they are, recommendations. There are no rules. They're not saying you have to check temperatures. And I was talking to the coach, like I told you earlier, uh, he's a defensive coordinator for Stahl, Coach Breedlove, and he's also the head coach for the basketball team. And, uh, just earlier, he was helping us with the food pass out thing. And he said, you know, you know, do we need to go buy all these thermometers? Do we have to buy all these masks? Do we have to buy extra cleaning stuff? You know, there, there's no specific guidelines, and nothing is defined. It's almost like, you know, you guys do this, this, and this, and here's some recommendations, but you're on your own. Right. I mean, that's, that's very similar to remember the governor of the state in South Carolina had that stay-at-home order. Well, it kind of went like this. Go to that place, stay at that place, then you're at that place. Well, that's kind of what we are here. I mean, how do you expect those around us? to run in an orderly fashion if you're not giving us the direction in which way to run. I mean, it's like herding cats here. I mean, I, I get it. I understand that, that, that this is an a, a unprecedented area. This is an unprecedented situation that we're all in. But for the love of football, baseball, basketball, and every other sport, can we get it together? Can we understand that there needs to be a date? Can we just have a date set? I mean, it would be kind of like a wedding. Well, we're going to get married in 2020, but uh, maybe tomorrow. But we may do it on the 31st of December. We don't know. Just keep it posted. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, come on. We are at this point that we understand. 
And, and I'm a guy that says, take it slow, take it easy, and I'm okay with that. But I'm also the guy that says, okay, we're at that threshold now. It's time to jump. It's the old, you know, do your business or get off the pot. We need to now move forward. That doesn't mean we need to move forward fast, but we need a set date, and let's get this thing up and running. Let's get these guys and girls out on the field. Let's get some things happening. It's hot. Word on the street outside of those politicians was that the heat kills this virus. Well, what better way to have heat than to exercise these cats? Keep them within six feet. That's what it takes. Trust me. It might not be easy at first, but it will get easier. I've had the luxury of being around a bunch of athletes on Saturdays, and at first it was blowing the whistle more than I've ever blown a whistle in my life. But by the mid part, about 30 minutes into this thing, they got tired of hearing the whistle. They understood the situation. We got better, and that's how it works. You got to put us in situations so that we can grow, but we got to first begin to start to go. And here's my fear. Here's my fear is that we're going to get so far behind as normal in the state of South Carolina in sports, we're always chasing other states. Why are we chasing other states? Why are facilities we're chasing other states? Why are we doing things behind what everybody else is doing? You know, like I do, Eugene, state of Georgia does a phenomenal job in athletics, Florida, Texas, California. There's a lot of schools and a lot of states that do a great job. Why can't for once we be the trendsetter? Why can't for once, we put what needs to be done and let them follow us for a change. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's in high school levels, though. With college level, South Carolina is – the state of South Carolina kind of is a trendsetter. Um, if you look at Clemson and South Carolina, for example, you know they beat the state of Florida with all three of their big-time programs and the state of Georgia with their two – you know, Georgia Tech and, and Georgia, I would argue, are the, are the two big programs. Uh, Clemson and South Carolina just – crushed both of those with having South Carolina's the first school in the nation with nutrition center. You know, you look at their indoor facilities, you look at, uh, you know, their training staff and things like that. They're crushing. Uh, in Clemson, if you've ever been to see the insides of their, uh, their football department, I, I was very fortunate to see that last summer, you know, with the technology and the virtual reality stuff, just crushing it. But when you look at the schools in the state of South Carolina and that, kind of what governs the high school league in athletics, far, far behind. And if you look at the geography, how is it that North Carolina, which is right across our border, geographically they run from the ocean to the mountains just like we do, kind of the similar same history. How is it that their schools are so far advanced that they're in the top 20 in the nation and South Carolina is always near the bottom? It's just that when you when you look at it in that instance, to me, when it comes down to the schools, which again, you know, that's high school athletics because it is the school. Um, why are we behind? Possibly because it's kind of been run the same way they've been run for the last maybe eighty hundred to a hundred years, and I've seen that because I've done so much work inside the schools, and I've brought in some pretty high name politicians, and they walked through a certain school that I was a part of, and it was a very technologically advanced school, and they were like, "Wow." This is sure written the way it was when we were in school. I'm like, yes, because you were in school 15 years ago, you know? Yeah. And this is a very, very prominent politicians that represent the state of South Carolina. And my response was, you know, because and, – and, and very respectfully was, you know, I looked it up, and the last time you were in a public school was 42 years ago. A lot has changed, you know? I mean, mm. there, were, there were no iPads and laptops. Hell, there was no computers. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, and, and it's just – it's so frustrating because when you have models that work and they are right. very close by 
and easily replicable, why not? Why not use them? You don't have to fully copy someone because, for you know, certain things may work for kids or schools in your area. Certain things may not. But if it's working, why not try it? You know, if, if you know, that's the whole definition of insanity. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you always gotten. And it seems like that's okay for a lot of folks in this state. And it's, you know, it's just not for me. That's not okay. Well, you, you mentioned colleges, and, and, and kind of my thing on, on where the Gamecocks are and where the Tigers are is it's kind of apples to oranges right now with our high school league because it's, it's two totally different body sanctions. You know, I get what you were saying, the comparison on, on another level up, right? But but locally, you know, they're doing things with athletes that aren't even – like, look at Clemson. Look at their roster. You know, I haven't looked at it in a while, but they do a lot of recruiting outside the state. They don't even stay home. You know, and I have a problem with that. Carolina, when you look at their rosters, it's not locked and loaded full of our local athletes. They're out there driving kids from the Northeast. No knock to you guys in the Northeast. It's just that we got cats here in the backyard that are as good, if not better, than what they brought in there. Last time I checked, Coastal didn't have a good year. But they also didn't have a lot of our local talent that's not even just there in Myrtle Beach, down here in Charleston, down in Beaufort, all the way across the Piedmont, all the way in the course to the upper state of South Carolina. So with that being said, you know, that's what thing that, that I've gotten in touch with a lot of guys that do what we do. You know, I say this all the time. I had a great conversation with Shane Fiedler today. I have no problem with, uh, with you know, Jamie Bradford and, and Darren Goldwater. They have great shows. You guys uh, will tweet out their stuff here. And uh, they do a show, I believe, from 12 to noon. Check it out. Their goal is our goal. Check out Bobby Harden. He's live from 3 to 6. Same goal, just a different car. All, th- all three of us, all three of these shows I'm talking about, have the same goal in mind, and that is to promote athletics. We like to promote the younger kids more than most. They do a little of that. They touch a little bit of this. But with that being said, why not give you three shows and about eight hours of solid radio? And, and my thing is, like you're getting to, why don't these other states get together and let's work together to get better together? Because if our goal is to go these kids and put these kids at the top-notch level, that's what we do. That's what we do. And we're not doing that right now. We're trying so big. I know trainers that are out there. Not saying the man that's on the other end of this microphone with me, of course, uh, Eugene, who is a great kicker. He is a great, uh, a, a great coach in, in the special teams department. But there's a coach up in Somerville. Of course, uh, you and I both know Coach Chris. He does a great job. Chris Collins, he's uh, the uh, special teams coach at Somerville. He does a lot of things outside of Somerville. He goes to Alabama. He goes to other schools, does some great things. But these two guys work together. They communicate together. I know quarterback, one quarterback coach is all about helping out. The other quarterback coach doesn't really want to give love and plug to others. That's, you're missing the point. If you're doing it because you need the special notoriety, then you need to do something different. But if you're all doing it for the same goal and you're doing it for the same purpose, then two are better than one. Three are better than two, and you can keep going up higher than that. And, and to me, that's where I hope to see maybe, just maybe, you get Coach Knox, who, like him or not, guys, this guy's a winner. He was a winner in the state of North Carolina. He's been nothing but a winner in the state of South Carolina. And I've watched him beat teams that I didn't think he would drag, beat, or do whatever he did. But he did that just this past December, November, whenever it was, when they went for another state championship. you got baseball coaches, Coach Mike Johnson at Georgetown. That guy was an incredible ambassador for high school baseball across the country. He was to baseball what you would think Coach John McKissick was to football. But you know what those two guys did? They became buddies. They became one-on-one guys. They talked to one another. There was a time where Somerville went to that famous baseball, uh, the IP Classic, 
and there's a great photo of these two legendary coaches that coach two total different sports, but they have the same goal in mind in winning and teaching young men to be winners. So what do they do? They communicate together. You know, there's a coach up there at Conway that retired years ago. Him and Coach, of course, McKissick, also great friends. That's what it's about. If you're doing it for the right reason, you have to connect with as many powers that be to get the job done. And, and again, I saw this order, I saw this release from, you know, Mr. Singleton. And I don't dive in on Mr. Singleton because, again, while he has a decision to make, while he has things to say, he answers to a higher calling in the state of South Carolina, okay? There is another group of, of men and women who will hand down what he can and can't say to some degree, okay? It's not his final decision when or with high schools even go out on the field, okay? So this is a bigger deal. When it comes to politics, can't stand it. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I rode through Somerville yesterday, and it's like, great, it's that time again. Here they go, want to throw every one of their signs up in every corner that you can find in this small town, and we got to look at this for the next few months. I wish they would give them a small area. They do all your campaigning right here. This is called Campaign Road. This is the only place you can do it. And if they want to see you, they will see you. If they don't, they don't have to. But unfortunately, we have to go through neighborhoods and yards. And, and politicians are, to me, they're doing it for a selfish reason. They love you when they need you, but they're not always there for you. And that's, the, again, not much of a politics show here. But, again, there was a guy that complained about Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, not being open. Since Myrtle Beach has been open. Eight days in a row, they had three different shootings and two different deaths, at least that I could count for. But this politician was going to sue the governor or do something to get the governor's attention because he was keeping the economy from growing. Well, when you open it too fast, what happens? So when you think about this, and we'll get into it with Coach Schmitty because we're going to head to a break in a minute, but I don't mind us taking it easy, taking it slow, but I do need to know when there's going to be that date. And we all need to have the same date. We all need to start at the same time. You watch NASCAR, which we've been very fortunate to partner up with the J.J. Yaley team, and these guys have come in here talking about racing at Darlington and Charlotte. Well, just imagine if they didn't all start at the same time. Not much of a fair race, is it? Equal opportunity, common sense, and I would say direction has got to be put in place here, uh, Eugene. And that's just something that, once again, our leaders of the great state of South Carolina, and I love the state of South Carolina by all means, but why do we continue to see failing results when it comes to making major decisions. That's why you're there. That's why you gave us the love and the, the, right. the song and dance that you gave us before you joined us, right? And that's the thing. No one wants to make decisions because it's easier to rest on your laurels and keep to keep continue doing what you've always done. Because heaven forbid, if you make a decision and it's wrong, you know, uh, let's, let's take, for example, going back to um, – what was it uh, 2004 or five with the hurricane thing and the whole two lanes and the governor didn't open up both lanes uh, for I-26 and people were on, and it cost him a reelection. So what do governors in this state do now? You think there's a hurricane coming. The state is completely shut down. All lanes are reversed, mandatory evacuation because they don't want to lose elections. And so they don't want to make a decision right. – uh, or, or not make a decision because it can cost them re-election. That just seems to be like that's the MO, um, and that's the end game is, you know, just getting re-elected. And so it's easier to say, you know, we're going to do this or, you know, fall back. Just like the high school league, they kept saying, well, it's up to the governor. Well, of course, the governor, act, you know, and, and this governor some seems to be a little more proactive 
and, and I know there were some things that came out last week or two um, from uh, uh, apparently the guru, this Dr. Fauci, who is on TV with the president all the time talking about this virus, you know, and actually said South Carolina's actually had a pretty good response to it. Um, and so, but it just seems to be that you're right. No one wants to be the uh, the trigger man. No one wants to to be, right. you know, taking a quote from a, a Bush, the decider. And I know that's not a real word, but, you know, no, no one wants to make that call because the problem is the fear is if that call is wrong, you lose. And someone's going to plaster that everywhere and challenge you in the next election, and no one wants to take that risk. So it's easier just to say, you know, let's keep doing what we've always done and leave it at that. No, I, I agree with you. And, again, I'm not much into politics on this show. That's not what I like to use this platform for because politics are, are, are to me, and, and, and I may be wrong here, but it's like, it's like an opinion. You know I mean, it is what it is. Everybody's got one, and everybody can be right or wrong. It depends. It's kind of like shaking that old number, that old black dice or the blue black eight ball that you had from Walmart years ago or Kmart. And it says, do you think we should open up now? Oh, well, not yet. Do I think up now? Exactly. Okay, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what ask, they're doing. Ask again later. Twelve politicians <laughs> in Columbia shaking this little eight ball, going, "Do you think I'm cool? Not even close." I mean, it's just it's not good. But uh, we're we're going to kind of table this and talk about this again at seven o'clock. If you want to join us here tonight, we'd love to hear from. You. We would love to hear your thoughts of, is the state doing this the right way? We already know they're not. But if you were that guy or that girl, because ladies, you guys, y'all think a little bit quicker sometimes than we do. Y'all think it all out. We get that. Call in and tell us, how would you handle this? And would we open the gates come Monday morning? But I don't blame them for slowing it down and gradually getting back to the new normal because we saw that in Myrtle Beach, how it worked out when you just opened the gates. Hmm, not very good. But we'll do this uh, all again around 7 o'clock because coming up next, we're heading to the South Carolina Youth Football Association's very own commissioner, Jay Williams. He's going to join us next, as he always does, of course, for the 6.30 segment brought to you by Gurns Pharmacy, of course, located over there at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. As things are cranking back up, which hopefully that means. Hopefully that means we'll get back to third Thursday, which means Southern Sports Central will be down in town. We'll be right back. You're listening to the greatest show on earth. That is Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. moment so different and so new was like any other until I kiss you and then it happened it took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too by the look in your eyes sweeter than wine Softer than the summer night Everything I want I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine Will last forever
Jay, we got you on now? Yeah, I'm on. Okay, cool. I don't know. What, uh, I think Richie might have accidentally hit his mute button. He just, his, his mic is hot. And, uh, but anyway, um, so what is up with you guys? I'm sure you guys are probably following some of the high school uh, league's decision today. Is that affecting you guys? Or, or talk to us about that. How, how is it ready? Uh, you know, it's a sort of a trickle-down effect uh you know, does that affect what you guys are doing in your start days, or what are you hearing? Um, yeah, it, it definitely affects us. Uh, a lot of the teams in the South Carolina Youth Football Association play at high school, so I think you hit it on the head. Well, a lot of us are following the high school protocol. Um, you're going to start with small groups and gradually work your way up as they work their way up um, throughout the season, and I'm um, Hope if hopefully their season starts on time, but if anything gets pushed back in their season, then our season will get pushed back because you know we we start according to them. Uh, so it, it's definitely a trickle down effect, and we're following the same protocol that they're following. Hey Jay, Richie, I'm here. What's up, buddy? I was actually on the other line uh, during the break. It lasted a little bit longer. I've actually got, uh, of course, uh, one of your guys, uh, Sean King, coaches the tenue program over there with Ashley Ridge. He's going to join us here about 7.30 tonight and talk a little bit about uh, what's happening over there at their camp. But uh, first of all, always glad to get you in here for this Gurren's Pharmacy segment. And uh, you're always scheduled on our Thursday night shows. And uh, uh, let me ask you quite frankly, man, uh, surprised, confused, or uh, <laughs> a little bit of both when it comes to uh, this announcement that just came out here this afternoon? Um, not surprised at all. I, I kind of figured this was the way that they were going to do it. You even see at the professional sport level, they're trying to ease things back in and not jump full steam ahead with it. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Confused, definitely. Um, I don't understand fully what it means by when academic activities are permitted, that's when athletes can return. And if they're clearing it, you still have to wait on your district to clear it like also so that's where the confusion comes in um i guess more details on that should be released i'm, I'm assuming soon but yeah the surprise didn't surprise me at all i mean i definitely expected it to be like this yeah we're live right now with the uh, south carolina youth football association's very own commissioner jay williams joining us here for our sixth segment here on uh, southern sports interest we always do here on thursdays as we get you caught up to the youth the pipeline if you will to your local friday night football games it all starts with jay and his wonderful group of uh, men and women because they're cheerleaders that are involved in this program uh, of course the football team there's some trainers involved a lot of parents 
a lot of people that make this thing become reality. And uh, it's just, it's nice to see it. And, and I'm like you, I, I kind of said this in the intro as well, is that, you know, I don't want to see, and I'm going to start calling it the Myrtle Beach effect, where they open everything up, and boy, it was like, uh, have you ever seen somebody herd cats? That's kind of what it was like. And, and you know what? What do you expect from people? They've been cooped up in a house for days, and I'm not saying that the, the, the actions are warranted, but I am saying that you can't give people too much too fast because, well, quite frankly, it's been quite a while. Even the restaurants have been limited of how many people can go in. The gas stations are still sitting at 10 side inside the store. So, uh, again, I'm not downing how we do this. I just need a little bit more definitive dates. And when you look at Florida, you look at Georgia, you look at North Carolina, maybe in uh, the three states that are bordering us, they seem to have a little bit better direction than us. What is it about our state that seems like we struggle a little bit with this when it comes to it? Not to get too political with you, Jay, but definitely just trying to get a few facts and opinions from it when we get down to when we are going to get back to the new, at least more normal than what we have today. Um, well, I think South Carolina struggles with being behind in a lot of stuff in general. And we're just following suit with this. And, like, with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, like, those states had leagues of this magnitude a long time ago. You know, um, when you're speaking of the Floridas and the Georgias, they've always had big youth football leagues. We're just getting around to it here. This is year two of it. So as far as us jumping the gun or being more definitive as the other state, state, we move slower. I don't know if it's precaution why we do it just to see how things work and then we jump on it later. Um, I, I really don't know, but I just think in general we move slowly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We're live right now with the South Carolina Youth Football Association's very own, of course, Mr. Jay Williams joining us here now to talk to us about what's going on around his program. So let's get into that program. Uh, you guys have gotten things back up. We've been promoting you guys, of course, on our social media. You guys have been doing a great stuff over there on your own Facebook and some of the other outlets that you have. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of parents that have reached out to me individually and said, hey, you know, it, what do we need to do? For example, a young lady that's looking to put her son over at the Fort Dorchester program asked me just yesterday, said, well, you know, what are the protocols? Is there a number to call? And should they go to the website? Kind of kind of direct the listeners who have the young ones around the state of South Carolina that they're hoping to get their kids involved because now's the time, right? We're ready to go. We just need to kind of start taking their steps to get these kids enrolled into the teams and into the program, right? Correct. So uh, the easiest way to get any contact information for any particular team in your area is on our website, um, scyfa20.com. all programs are listed there along with their program directors and phone numbers. Uh, it, it tells you the program's, like, team name as well as location for those that don't necessarily carry the high school names. So that is the easiest way to get information for a program is to get that director's number, give them a call, shoot them a text, him or her a text message, and go from there. If you already know the program your child's going to play for, like the Youth Patriots, for example, like you just mentioned, I would say probably 98% of these programs, if not 100, have social media outlets where you can click on their page and get information there as well. Um, You see the flyers constantly dropping about sign-ups. I know you do a great job of sharing them. I want to thank you for that, brother. I'm always sharing them, even not just my program, every program that um you know drops something so it 
the website is the easiest way, and I mean social media. It's all over social media. Um, as far as the way to get in touch with these programs. Live right now with the commissioner. He is the one and only, of course, with the South Carolina Football Youth Association. He covers the state of South Carolina. They've got multiple teams doing multiple things from the, of course, low country all the way up to the Greenville market and beyond, of course, uh, as we look at it. So, so kind of give us some new news, man. Anything happened since last Thursday that we need to kind of get some of our listeners updated on? Of course, I know coming up has got to be some uh, – some fundraising, right? You can't do this stuff without some money and some help from the community. But, uh, you know, these guys are, are looking to get out and about and help the youth. And, of course, how do we need to do that? And uh, update us on the uh, on the league. Uh, the biggest news, of course, today, um, drop that we touched on a little earlier in the segment, is that these uh, high schools are soon going to be released to do some small group activities. And I believe once we get more clarity on that, um, our seven on seven season this year, of course, had to be canceled due to COVID nineteen. So, I mean, if everything gets cleared up here shortly, we're still going to try to salvage that as a league. Whether it's just a one weekend tournament where we do uh, a big tournament and try to get a location with multiple fields, so we, you know, make sure everyone's spread out. Because um, you still still are taking this COVID nineteen serious. Not saying it's going away because they're opening up gates and we're getting back out there. The the virus is still there. It's still real. So you still have to, uh, you know, have precautions. I know just talking to some with ideas today, um, you know, some of us use fields where they have bleachers. One good idea is to remove the bleachers. So everyone's not sitting right next to one another in the stands when these kids are playing. And if they want to bring their own personal chair and spread out, I thought that was a tremendous idea. Now, some stadiums, just, you can't remove those bleachers, but, you know, um, just the ones that have the removable bleachers, just remove them. And so I think everybody's thinking of different ways and precautions to take to make this successful and make um, this work so these young men and women can have the football and chair this season. Live right now with the, of course, commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association's very own Jay Williams joining us here for the 6.30 segment. Uh, as always, you know, what we want to do is educate you guys that are listening in who may have a young one who's moved into a certain area in the state of South Carolina because, Jay, you can speak about this as well. While we do talk a lot about the local teams here in uh, the Charleston area, this league reaches all the way up from the, of uh, course, uh, towards the Grand Strand and all the way into – uh, Florence, Columbia, and then you get all the way into Greenville. And there's just so many great coaches, former college football players, or even coaching some of these teams. Talk a little bit about that and, and how you've seen this thing grow just from the last – it feels like I've seen a lot of growth in the last three or four months into you guys. Oh, definitely. I mean, all the growth has occurred in the last three or four months. I'm, it, the league basically started with just the low country teams, um, nine of us last year. And we've grown to 30 teams and um, so far in counting. Still time for more. I know I talked to uh, a guy out of Wakamua uh, earlier today, sorry, yesterday. He, uh, you know, the old Wando coach is down there now. He told him about the league. So he's trying to see if he can put a team in together. He's going to start throwing some feelers out. And then also another team out of Columbia. So it's still, um, still trying to grow. And like you said, I think the biggest way that it has grown is those former college players and NFL players that have jumped to help make this thing successful. Uh, Corey Boyd, who you had on the show a few times out of Columbia, he runs the Running Rebels. 
Um, then we have Mario Cooper from uh, NFL undrafted star who made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington Redskins. He's running two programs out of Sumter down there. Mm-hmm. And um, just the work of those guys getting involved with already existing programs that were in other leagues that wanted to all come together and decide to make this thing work for the state of South Carolina is how it grew. It took, uh, it took, it took a group effort. Like Eagles had to get placed to the side and everyone had to sit down and come together. And um, I applaud everybody that has joined and made this thing work because we needed this as a state. Um, And the next step is just to continue to grow it. And, you know, it's been tough. It's going to happen. Like we're going to try to get each and one, every one of these teams that are in the league playing at a high school facility. Like that is the ultimate goal. And, Eventually, we hope years down the line, if it doesn't happen sooner, that we have one of these programs at each and every high school in the state. Um, right. I mean, I think that would be tremendous, and we could truly follow the high schedule at that point if we did it that way. And I mean, I think it would just be excellent. I agree with you. We're live right now with Commissioner, the Commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association joining us here for his 6.30 segment here on Thursday, brought to you by our friends over at Jaren's Pharmacy, uh, Jay Williams. Jay, you know, for me, I'm like you, and I want to do everything in my power. I was actually yesterday out there with the, some guys uh, uh, that were working out, a couple of high school kids, socially distanced, but, uh, you know, a dad had, had done the do and doing what he needed to do to get his son out, but get some of his teammates out there. And, and of course, I applaud dads who take that extra step or anybody that's not connected to the high school, be it a high school coach that can take that extra step. And uh, Mr. Otis has done that with his son and some others over at Fort Dorchester, and they're working out, and, and I love it. But I was at a place yesterday. I spoke to some of those guys and checked in with them. And, you know, another gentleman walked up to me, and here he is. He brought his 9-year-old son to work out with him. Not that he was going to go to that school or be a part of this team, but he wanted to keep working. And I looked at him. I said, look, you know, I know he plays over here at this league, but you know, this nine-year-old, there's a place for him with a good friend of mine, Jay Williams, and his staff over here, depending on where you live and where he might go to school, where probably where he needs to play. But you know, for us to continue to get this word out, but I'm also, Jay, on the same line of I want to educate some of the cities. I want to get Sockacy involved. I want to get St. James High School involved. Of course, out there at Carolina Force, and then you get into Conway, and then down in Buford, you know, Hilton Head, those guys are balling out, and sometimes because of where they're located down on the – I don't like to say the bottom end of the low country, but where they're located on the on the map there, sometimes they get left out as well. But there's so many athletes who have little brothers who, let's be honest, usually it's the little brothers that you got to watch for. They end up being better than some of the bigger brothers, right, Jay? Yeah, uh, definitely. The little ones, cause especially if you're getting them younger, then the older brother was got uh, their hands on them and they got taught the techniques and everything of that of the game at a much younger age, by the time he becomes the age the older brother was, he is better because uh, he's had more training, more knowledge of the game. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely with you, Richie. I want to reach – I want to be able to reach the, all those schools and every – every like all those places you just named. The only place that we do have a team in is Buford, uh, out of Whale Branch. Right. Every place else, we don't have one. We don't have one in Hilton Head or – Myrtle Beach or Sockety or uh, any any one of those areas, Carolina Forest, and I mean, I just it, this is it a, just takes a matter of talking with those guys. I think so that they can see the vision of the league, and I don't see why they wouldn't want to do it once they see that. 
I definitely agree. This is uh, Coach Benton over here. Um, have you guys talked to Kobe at uh, Calden County? Uh, because when I was growing up, that's what the youth football league was. We played teams from Beaufort, Hilton Head, uh, Ridgeland, I think, was in that league. And there was a there was one of the assistant coaches, and I was trying to remember his name, uh, and he was building up the middle school and youth programs there in Calden County and recently took a job somehow tied to Cane Bay. Uh, it's like the Cane Bay YMCA or something like that. But I know that those guys were starting – trying to get the, the youth football back there in Calden County, you know, partial, part of it was to, A, you know, get those kids moving and get them playing the sport, you know, as opposed to just waiting until middle school and high school, but also, too, to give the kids something to do. Everybody on here knows that uh, my hometown and, and the county where I was raised, you know, doesn't always seem to get the, the, the positive light with uh, the crime and things and poverty on, on in the news, but you know, these guys were starting that, so that's why I was wondering if maybe you'd reached out to Kobe, and if uh, uh, if you haven't and would like to, you know, perhaps I can introduce you to and uh, see what we can do with get, getting a team from that area because, you know, with the summer vault, you know, it's just right up 17A through Cottageville for those guys, but I'm sure there would be interest. I have not personally reached out to him. I don't know if anyone else in the league has, but I would definitely not hesitate to. Uh, if you would like to set that up or if you want to pass on this information, because I, I don't know him personally, but I would definitely give him a call. And Yes, we would love to have calls in town. We would love to have every high school possible that would like to join the league. Um, and, you know, getting Collins and Collins on board might get the other schools in the cities right near them to join because then, you know, travel makes it a little easier for those places. So, um, yeah, definitely yeah. we can set that up with Kobe out talk to him, whatever. I'll drive down there, meet him in person, um, help him promote it, whatever he needs to get started. I'm here to help. Because, uh, yeah, we'd love to have Carlton and Conley involved. Nope. Yeah, no problem. He's getting married in two days, so we'll let him, we'll let him take care of that first. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's been really looking forward to this. Uh, she's a lovely lady, and he's been running the program there at Carlton County for a couple of years. And, that, like I said, that's my alma mater. But I was back when it was Walsboro days back in the 90s. But, uh so he's getting married in two days, but um, as soon as uh, he's back and at the helm and all that, you know, I'll definitely reach out, you know, and, and include you. And, you know, we can even, like you said, I can introduce you two guys or we can set up something. Because like you said, for well branching those guys, that's a not too far. That's a pretty close game for them, too. You know, they just come up the old uh, Jacksonboro Highway and, and, and meet up for a game and, you know, and perhaps that would lead into the Hilton Head teams and the old Jasper County teams and, or, you know, Ridgeland, stuff like that for you guys. But, you know, I think that that would be a good jumping off point for you, um, you know, as well. So definitely when Kobe gets back from that, I'll uh, reach out to him and see if we can't set that up. Yeah, I love it, brother. I love it. Uh, definitely set that up. We'll meet. We'll talk. Uh, and I'm sure he has connections to the surrounding areas where he can get me introduced to the rest of those guys like you said that'll make whale brand travel a a whole lot easier because i mean right now they're the only team that really travels in a sense i mean if you're playing if you're from Stoneville and you're playing a game at fort dorchester that's not no travel on a saturday morning or if you're cane bay and you drive over here to ashley ridge that's no travel buford's still not far it's about an hour drive from everybody but um, you know, if we can shorten that hour drive to a 20-minute drive for them like everyone else is doing, that would be great. 
and same thing for Calden County. You know, for a team that that's based out of the Woodland area, all they do right there where their stadium's located, they jump on Highway 15. And, you know, it's a it's a four right. lane to two lane whatever. You know, going out of Walsboro, but that's where their stadium's located. It's on Highway 15. And the new high school, you know, they just jump up to St. George and hang a right, you know, and they, they play team from Woodland. So that benefits them. And like I said, you know, it gives him a chance to impact some youth, which is your goal, uh, and get those guys, you know, kind of locked in and, and focused on the program. And I think it would do a world because part of the thing that he's had to battle is, A, keeping kids eligible, two, getting them interested in the program. He said, you know, he walks the hall and see six foot four, you know, 280 pound dudes and they play the trombone because that was, the, they had band in middle school, but they didn't have football. And so that's been a big challenge for him, you know, being in that area is just kind of getting the, getting the younger kids already into the system, you know, and enjoying and falling in love with the game and the teamwork and the coaches. So I really think like, like I said, we set it up. I really think you'll, you'll, you'll see the energy and enthusiasm from a guy who's also coached in the upstate part of South Carolina. So he's kind of been around, you know, I, I think he's been in three of the four corners of the state as a coach. So uh, I definitely look forward. We'll, we'll definitely, you know, hook that up and see if we can help you grow, you know, just some other teams around them as well. Right. And, um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's great. Like, and I think that would be tremendous. Like if those kids definitely need football in the area, it wouldn't be a hard sell for him. Um, to get it out there, and if they don't have football, kids instantly, and he won't have to worry about that six foot four, two hundred eighty pound player playing just the trombone. Like nothing playing, nothing against playing the trombone, but he can play that and play football on Friday nights. He can do both, um, and he can get his hands on that kid early at the age of seven or eight, and six, seven or eight, and he will be interested in the game. So when he's walking through yeah. that high school hall at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. He wants to play football now. He's not just focused on just the trombone. Yeah, I, w- I was at South Carolina when a guy named Travell Wharton uh, joined the football team, and he was a guy that I think Lou Holtz was at Hillcrest High School looking at someone else and passed Travell Wharton in the hallway with a high school coach and was like, you know, who the heck is this kid? You know, and this guy goes on to play for the Panthers for like 12 years and makes millions of dollars. But he was a trombone player because his mom didn't want to, didn't know anything about football growing up. Right. So yeah, I mean, and, that, right. and that's something that we can try to avoid by getting, you know, these youth programs in every high school. Like if they're in every high school, they'll be in every community. Being Not in every right. community, you you're gonna stop that risk of not being informed of the game. Live right now with, of course, the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the one and only Jay Williams, here in his 6.30 segment, brought to you by our friends over at Gurns Pharmacy. He's here with us every Thursday from 6.30 to 7, where we update you on all the ins and outs, what's happening in the youth, which is going to lead into, of course, those Friday night lights. And we are very interested in, of course, educating and entertaining those young men and, of course, the young ladies on the sidelines that are, of course, the cheerleaders. We want to keep those ladies uh, plugged in this thing as well because uh, they have to cheer whether the team's winning or losing. It doesn't matter. What matters is that this is a team sport, and that means from the sidelines to the field and everywhere around it, it's a team sport, which means we need to make sure you parents are on your best behavior. Remember, it is just a game, all right? They're watching you. 
while you're watching them, these young people are watching you. I have been very disappointed in the last few years going to youth programs and seeing some parents reacting certain ways. So when we tell the kids sportsmanship, we're also talking to the parents, and we'll get into that maybe next week, Jay, where we kind of start to kind of prime the parents a little bit and let's kind of get them ready because, again, they've been locked up for the last couple of months. they got some screaming and yelling to do as well, you know? Yeah, they definitely. And uh, they ain't going to stop the screaming and yelling. They're definitely going to do that. But uh, it, it, that's just where it needs to stop is just the yelling, the screaming, the competitive, positive chair, um, you know, for their son or daughter out. Uh, doesn't need to go any further than that as far as, you know, the parent participation. But I, I love the passionate parents that are passionate in a good way that are not bringing any negative uh, energy or anything negative towards it. It's just a passionate parent out there yelling for their son or daughter every Saturday. It's, it's awesome. I mean, the kids need the support, and there's nothing better than looking up in the stands and seeing mom or, mom or dad out there yelling and screaming because you're doing something good or if you're doing something bad and they're knowing that you can do better and they're getting on you. Like, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to have that parent support. No doubt about it, as we're wrapping up this interview, and it's been a solid 30 minutes, as it always is, of course, we understand that it all starts with the youth, and I mean all the way down to the four, five, and, and even maybe a little younger, but definitely all the way up through, of course, uh, the high school ball. And their goal is to start where they finish. Of course, start here, finish there, and that would be, of course, start in the, your area where you'll be either part of the Somerville team, you'll wear the green wave colors, You'll maybe go to Ashley Ridge and wear those colors. Maybe Fort Dorchester is your spot where you'll get to wear the fort on the side of your helmet there. Of course, that's a, a big honor to be a patriot down, of course, in that side of town. But then also, of course, uh, they've got it happening over at uh, with the Cobra and what's happening over there with those guys. Goose Creek's got a team, and multiple other teams are coming aboard across the great state. They've also done some great things. And, James, I just want to say this on many levels. I appreciate what you're doing. There's so much work that you do way before these games even happen, before the first meeting ever happens, the radio ever happens. There's just a lot of guys and girls that you've surrounded yourself by that have helped this become a dream. And here we are now talking about the reality of the 2020 season where you and I, of course, will partner together as we already have, but get a little bit closer on Saturday nights for the game of the week. Yes, sir. I can't wait, Rich. Well, once again, man, how do they find you? How do they connect with you, man? Give yourself an opportunity to give you and your guys and girls a plug to get in touch with you. Again, uh, our website, scyfa20.com, social media, uh, scyfa, uh, or if you're just looking for me in general, social media, uh, on Facebook, uh, Jay Williams, on Twitter, hashtag scyfa. Um you can get in touch with us there. Email scyfa20 at gmail.com. Um, so those are the many different ways you can get in touch with the league, with me directly, um, any program in your area listed on the website, our social media page. So you have multiple ways to get in touch with any program um, if you're interested. Well, buddy, God bless you, your family. I'm glad things are starting to get back to a new normal and, uh, Again, keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to keep pushing you as much as we can. And you and I will catch up over the weekend. we got some things I know we want to try to iron out and get our date set so we make sure that we're at the right time, at the right place. And, of course, we want to be a part of uh, the intro levels. We want to make sure we're out there introducing ourselves to these young athletes so that they do see 
all of us here at Southern Sports Central. They'll know us whether we're on the field or just out and about in town. Yes, sir. Yeah, we definitely need to get up sometime this weekend and iron out the details. But if for some reason we don't, you know, uh, we'll be back here next Thursday at 630. That we should, my friend. Thank you very much. God bless. Take care. All right, you too, brother. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the one and only, the uh, commissioner, and he is with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, uh, joining us live. Of course, uh, checking in with us, as uh, Jay Williams does every Thursday right here on Southern Sports Central. And, uh, of course, that segment brought to you by Gerd's Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. The number to call them is 843-873-2531. You can find them on the web Maybe you got a question about some pharmaceutical needs, and they can help you. They've been around a long time. One of the oldest pharmacies, not only in the uh, Somerville area, but in the great state of, of South Carolina, independently owned and operated by a five-star family. So you want to give them a shout. Let them know you heard about them right here on Southern Sports Central. We're going to head to break. We're going to reset at top of the hour, too. Coming up next, we're heading to Manning, South Carolina. Now, this guy drives a bus most of the time. We got him a chance to get off the bus and come and talk some high school football because some breaking news came out just moments back, maybe about an hour or so ago, about how they're going to attack this new era, this new first, I would say, wave of football. As we're going to talk to the one and only Coach Schmidt. He is the athletics director, the head football coach over there at C.E. Murray. Coming up to you next right here on Southern Sports Central. Don't go anywhere. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elvin, alongside the coach, Eugene Bitten. Of course, uh, hour one in the books. We're moving forward here in hour two. want to thank our uh, our big closest friend over there with the South Carolina Youth Football Association's uh, very own, of course, uh, joining us here just moments ago. He is the commissioner. As Jay Williams joined us, they update us on all the new things. As they say, they're watching this high school uh, unfold as much as anybody because their season kind of wrapped around that season. They're the feeder program, if you will, for the state uh, schools around the uh, South Carolina area. And we hope and pray that if you're not involved with this association, the South Carolina Youth Football Association, that you link up with us over at SO Sports Central on Twitter or hook up with us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central so that we can get you information with Jay and his crew. Because, uh, again, they all may be in different locations, but they all have the same purpose, which means we all need to be on the same page. And with that, we're going to head over now to uh, – Manning, South Carolina's very own. He is a bus driver. He's a football coach. He's an athletic director over there at C.E. Murray. The one and only Coach Schmitty joins us now as he comes to us live on the Tent Farm Hotlines. What's up, Coach? Guys, how you doing? Happening out there? Good, buddy. How's life happening over there with you guys over there in Manning, South Carolina, Coach? Uh, yep, things are going along. And, and just to clarify, I'm not – our bus driver, Miss Bert Wilson, drives the bus that me and her uh, take out oh. uh, for all the lunches and deliver. Uh, she's the bus driver, and, and I'm glad she is. She does a phenomenal job for our kids. Kind of like the Bonnie and Clyde of the uh, Manning area, huh? You guys are tackling yeah. it by two. Nothing wrong with that. I'm okay with that, Coach. Right. So uh, before we get into the hot topic, and I got a feeling it's pretty hot on your uh, on your agenda as well, and uh, before that, man, so update us on this whole COVID thing and, and Manning and how the uh, 
how's everybody doing there in your hometown, and how's mom and dad, and wife, how's everybody doing? Right. Well, well, you know, our, again, our our area has been hit really hard by it. Uh, the Williamsburg County area has been hit really hard by it. Um, and you know, just today they announced in the state, our state uh, had the most deaths in one day. So uh, it's definitely still here and definitely present. And and I think that's a large part of the reason why the high school league did what they did. Right. So let's talk about this high school league. It comes out uh, again, for whatever reason, I don't want to you know poke the bear here, but kind of like if you remember a couple of months ago, we had a governor that said, you know, it's a stay-at-home order, but really, go to that place, then you're at that place, stay at that place. Well, we get this report, and it's not exactly the same, but kind of sort of the same. There's really no indefinite answer here. And you even heard Dutch Forks on, well, uh, you know, coach over there mention that. Kind of give us your update and kind of break it down for well, us. Well, I, I agree totally with the high school league decision, and I'll tell you why. Unless you had your head in the sand, you believe in conspiracy theories, or you just didn't read and comprehend the CDC has said and still to this day say unless there's a vaccine or unless there is a treatment available it is not advisable to get into large groups why we don't see professional sports started yet they haven't been able to iron out the details that's why the Boston Marathon canceled today for the first time in 120 years That's why the NHL said we might play start in July, we might not. So I think it was kind of naive on a lot of coaches to feel that we were going to all of a sudden be given this green light, go ahead, get on out there with your teams, and, yeah, you're going to follow a couple guidelines. They can't do that. That, that, There's too much risk involved, and safety has to come first. And if, if we're in the game of safety, which we should be when we're dealing with young athletes and their families, not just the young athletes, then safety has to come first. And I think that's the ultimate reason why, and we got to put ourselves, and I'm not, I haven't spoke to anybody from the high school league, so I don't know, again, what they were thinking, but just by knowing if I'm putting myself in their shoes, I would make the same decision and say, look, I don't know what's going on in your community. Your community might have an outbreak like Greenville does now, like Richland County does now, like Clarendon County, like Williamsburg County has an outbreak, like Kershaw County had an outbreak. And if that's the case, well, you need to make sure with individual school districts that they are having on-campus activities for academics first. And without that, then you can't start phase one. And that's the proper thing to do because then you're giving that power back to the district to make the decision because, again, risk, safety has got to come from that local level. And the high school league, again, they can't be responsible for – however many districts and counties we have in the cities and towns um, on that regard. So they did the best thing in my eyes of, of how to deal with a pandemic. And, and that's what people don't, I guess they don't understand. We're in a pandemic, so it's not going to be normal. So, you know, it's like I tweeted out on uh, Twitter. If you're arguing against safety, that's a bad look for our profession. So we, we really right. can't argue that the high school league is taking a safety stance and they're saying, look, 
if your district deems it safe and wants to take on that risk, by all means, start phase one. But if they don't deem it safe and they don't want to take on that risk, well, guess what? It's not safe. We're not we're not going to allow you to do that. So I'm glad they did it. I think, um, and like I said, also, from what I understand, the state superintendent of education on June 15th will have an announcement, and and it could make everything null and void where I don't know what she's going to say, but what happens if she comes out and says there's no academics allowed on on campus the whole summer? If that's the case, well, guess what? You can't have athletics for the whole summer. And if she deems that to be the right choice, we have to go along with that because it's what's best for our children, what's best for the safety of the children and the athletes. We can't argue with that, in my opinion. But evidently there's some people who feel differently, and that's fine. Uh, you know, they like I said, you know, there's people saying, hey, there's a certain baseball league starting up. Well, that, that they're taking all the risks. Let them. And God right. forbid if a kid got sick or a family member got sick, I would not want to be that person because I know you can't put a value on a life. Right. And you know that firsthand. You've seen it, of course, with your own father. Of course, we're live right now with the one and only Coach Smitty joining us all the way from Manning, South Carolina. He's the head football coach and the athletic director over there at C.E. Murray. He's one of the uh, double duo that rides around town and feeds the youngsters uh, here during this epidemic, pandemic, uh, known as the COVID-19. Of course, as we uh, – you, you kind of answered one of the questions that was, I know, on Coach Eugene and myself's kind of uh, thought process is academic activity. What would have to happen? And, and this is maybe your athletic director had as well. Right. Because I know this has been something that has come in into conversation, but – what kind of academic activity would they have? What I'd have to be, I don't ever remember during the summertime something happened. Here's what, here's what they mean when they say academic activity. It has to be an open to the public. That means anybody can now come into the school just like a normal school day slash, you know, these kids can come in and get tutoring. These kids can come in and do summer um, academic clubs or – summer school in person. So until any of those types of activities take place, athletics can't go to phase one. That's a pretty good point. And I thought summer school was kind of the first thing that came to my mind when I read that article and I kind of saw that out. And, you know, and I'm not surprised, Coach Schmitty, on, on some of the response I get from some and how I get from others. And my thing is clarification. You know, I don't blame – you know, uh, Mr. Singleton in the high school league, and I said this earlier, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. It won't be the first or last time I'm wrong. But while he's making these calls and he's making these statements, he's actually he, – there's a higher authority on him, correct? I mean, there's yeah. somebody that had to get him to clear before he could get correct. clear, right? Kind of give us – correct. how does this work as far as the, the food chain, if you will? Where's the top and, and where does he stand on, on the decision-making of these athletes actually getting on the field? Right. Again, I, I don't – you know, I, I have no contact with Mr. Singleton or the high school league. So, again, I'm not speaking for them. But they do answer to um, the governor. They answer to the state superintendent of education. And also, I'm sure they consulted with, just like every other league in our nation has consulted, from MLB to NFL to the NCAA. I know one of my players had a Zoom conference. Uh, yesterday with South Carolina, who plays for South Carolina, and, and they're bringing them back in clusters of, of 10, I believe it is, um, 
and they're only allowing football on campus right now to kind of isolate them. So unless you have millions and millions of dollars behind you, again, um, it's kind of hard to argue with what the high school league's doing. And, you know, like I said, he does answer to people, and I'm sure they consulted with experts and epidemiologists that told them, look, the same thing that they've been saying, CDC guidelines are this. We don't recommend large groups right now. That might change. It might not change. And that's the reality we all got to start dealing with, too. And I believe, you know, there's a guy I, I follow on Twitter, and, and, I, and he's been spot on the past couple of days, Ian Guerin out of Myrtle Beach. And right. he's kind of trying to get people to realize these realities that it's not going to be walk back out and we're all back to normal doing what we did last year. That, that's not reality, and I know a lot of people's feelings are hurt by that, and I know a large group of people who don't believe in the virus, but, again, it is real, it is here, and we got to adjust. And and so we can't – there's not a whole lot, to, in my opinion, like you said, there's not a whole lot to argue about um, except for now we got to make a plan and start, again – realizing the reality is we might not ever make it to phase two or phase three and we might you know we got to start having those hard conversations too where we might not have a season and mm. that, that's a reality I mean that that's not something that's far-fetched it's not something that's being pessimistic it's a reality that could take place that we don't know because again there's still large outbreaks in our state they're not being uh, they're not going down as much as what some people thought they would. They're not disappearing like some people thought they would in the summer. Some people thought there was going to be a seasonality to it. Um, we're not seeing that yet. And I, I don't think until we see that, in my my opinion, and uh, a lot of other people's opinion, until we see a large decrease in cases and, and, and deaths in these outbreaks, it's kind of hard to have a season. I agree with you as we're live with the one and only from C.E. Murray out of Manning, South Carolina. He's the athletic director. He's the head football coach. Coach Schmitty joins us here at 7 o'clock to update us on the news that was released earlier today in the state of South Carolina, the new plan that's going to have probably some fine-tuning coming up. We're going to get some revised version. That's normal, right? I mean, we saw, again, and I mentioned Myrtle Beach because that's my hometown, Coach Schmitty, and, uh, you know, my mom and dad are up there in Surfside, and, and they kind of got nervous. They they don't leave the yard. I mean, these are guys who, who get up at 7. They're a little older. They're in their late 60s, early 70s. They do that golf cart ride around Surfside Beach with a cup of coffee, and they don't do it anymore. I mean, they're just a little bit nervous now. And I don't blame them because, of course, my dad deals with certain health things. My mom do, does as well. And, and it makes me kind of irritated, and I have to be careful to, to just kind of sit back and, and just let it unfold because, you know, you're becoming a, a, a prisoner to some degree because you can't leave your yard because you're a little nervous. And my fear is in Myrtle Beach and Horry County alone and any other county that you've seen uh, the pool that was in some other state somewhere that was locked and loaded full of a bunch of people, that these people are all right. up in each other's face. And yet, you know, it's never been okay to be in each other's face, by the way. You know, um, you, you know, uh, your mama used to tell you that growing up, <laughs> you know, stay out of people's face. And uh, <laughs> it, it hasn't changed. I mean, you know, we're just right. finally having to hear a lot of this come true, though, Coach. But let me ask you two things, and I'll, I'm going to let you kind of – answer both questions number one if by chance and we talked about this before but it's becoming the reality if there isn't a football season 
Uh, I want you to talk about the reality that the 2020 and the 2021, that, that, that calendar year of high school sports, is in high, very high jeopardy because without football, it, it does right. manufacture a lot of money for the others. And then what about, and, and this is just a thought, and, and it may not be the best one, but I'm just thinking how can we make this happen? It's a lot easier to test 50 guys and, and, and maybe some cheerleaders because I know they would want to get out there, but individual teams, if you will, when they get to these locations, and, and let the temperature, you know, check the temperature, make sure they're good, and then let them go out and practice and play daily and then on Friday nights or, or any other sports because there are, what, about seven different athletic sports during the fall, maybe a little more. But it's a lot easier to maintain those than it is the millions of those in high schools. Let's be honest, on the buses, not happening. Can't get them off of each other. In the hallways, they're leaning on one another. We understand that as well. Yeah. but. As you know, a homeschool kid is allowed to play in a public school in his area. Well, he's homeschooled. What about his homeschooling all the other kids? But the athletes come in. They have to go through a checklist that practice in the afternoons and in the game as well, Coach. Any thought process on those right. first two questions I just gave you? Well, uh, the, the, the first question, again, about it, can we test them? And, and that, that would be a great deal if we could test. But, again, we've got to remember – a lot of cases are asymptomatic. And um, when you have an asymptomatic case, you, even if you check them for temperature, they still have the virus and can spread it. So that kind of throws a, a huge fault in that whole, you know, hey, let's just check their temperature and make sure. And then we can't isolate them when they go home. That That's, you know, the, the difference between us and college is, like I said, in college, they've already got it to where – the football players are going to be by themselves, monitored by themselves, basically not allowed any contact with the outside world. So we can't do that at the high school level. Our kids go home. They go home to 50, 60 different homes. And we don't know what they do when they're home. So we would have to have some, and, and hopefully it comes about. Hopefully someone develops in the meantime, and I, and, I hope it happens. I hope someone develops a rapid test that you can give the kids and give them a result immediately. That would be fantastic. That would solve a lot of our issues. But until they do that, I don't even think the temperature thing solves our issue. It's just because of that asymptomatic problem. So then you're looking at, well, how do you do do it? How do you, you know, what, because, again, football does drive the revenue for most sports. And, um, again, we're, we're looking, in my eyes, we're looking at a shortened season or, or um, something else. Uh, that, that's that got to be the reality a lot of coaches have to face themselves with today is the season will be most likely shortened or something else. What, what that something else is, I don't know. But I don't see – Without vaccine, without treatment, without rapid testing, way to properly have large groups in place, and that, that's any large group, not just sports. Um, that, that's that's just my opinion, and again, I think that's the opinion of a lot of experts. So uh, and, we got to start. Coach, this is Eugene. Now, uh, did you guys remain one A football? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I know we had played C.E. Murray when I was with Oceanside in the past. Um, 
and I thought you were still when when the the new rankings and things came out, you're still one A. Now, what one of the recommendations I saw was bringing kids into a weight room of about no more than uh, I want to say twenty. Five. I can't remember the exact number, but but there was that's no more than eight. five at a time. Right, with one coach, but that coach is yes. not allowed to work with five other kids. So you can't. Perfect. So what do you do? I mean, what what is what do schools do? Because yeah, I get it. Like some of the bigger five A schools, right? They have a lot of volunteers. They have a lot of strength coaches. Right. We don't they have, have a lot of trainers. Level, so I can, right. What right. do you do? We don't, we don't <laughs> have the one A level. So again, it goes back to, and this is why the high school league. We, we got to put ourselves in their shoes. This is why they said it's a local decision, not a decision for the high school league to ultimately decide. Because of that factor, you got one A schools that have, you know, I got myself and three other guys, um, and then you got your other schools, your five A schools. Some of them have thirty coaches. So, right um, with that restriction put into place, most likely a lot of one A districts are going to say, "Coach, it's too unsafe. We can't allow you to do that because right. you don't have enough personnel to make that possible." Right, and so and you can you only don't work have out enough 20 guys. Right. Right, and if, if you don't have enough personnel to make it possible, you're not following the guidelines, and then the risk then falls on that particular district. And we got to put ourselves in district shoes as well. They don't want – they can't afford a bunch of lawsuits either. And, you know, a lot, right. a lot of people throw out, well, so-and-so's doing it. They're getting in groups. Again, God bless those people. Because, again, if one kid gets sick, you can't put a value on a life. You're talking a multi-million dollar lawsuit. And, and, and Were you able to listen in on the show on Tuesday? Um, I had uh, Reggie on, and we were talking about the whole when, when the MRSA went through the Cleveland Browns program back in the summer a few years ago. You know, and it basically right. shut down their summer and, and their locker room, the weight room, the training facility. You can, you can basically, with your staff, you can train 20 guys. Now, I'm assuming on your varsity program, right. I, I don't know the numbers you have this year, but you guys certainly had more than 20 guys on the field. So you can right. train we 20 guys 40, by that know, guideline only. I mean, and that, you know, people, I, I guess, assume that, you know, since I'm so for safety that, you know, we're, this, we're just this rinky program now. I mean, we're one of the best programs in, in our classification, no doubt about it. And, and again, we'll, we'll be that this year as well. Um, and we got 40 guys. So that guideline is going to be very hard to follow for any 118. Yeah. And, and to get more high school coaches in or even guys certified, you know, they got to be certified through the state, meaning they got to take all the tests. I've had to take them every two years. You know, everything from the yep. heat exhaustion yep. to the concussion test and, and everything. I'm sure you you they know that we got to log in every summer and take them. And, you know, it's not an easy endeavor. A dad can't no. show up and say, well, I'll monitor the weight room. That's not possible. That's not no. legal. It takes and at so least it's, four weeks to get a coach cleared to come out because they got to be cleared by the district, too. The district has to do a background check, all that. So it's not an issue of, hey, let me go get a bunch of volunteers. Exactly. They got to pass the background checks. You know, we all had to do that. We had we had to go to our own doctor and get the TB test. Then then once yeah. that's clear, then you can take the other test. Yes. Being so someone who was terrified of needles. Involved. 
I will say, being right. someone who's terrified of needles, uh, I had a couple players show up with me to the test in case I needed a ride home, man. It's, it's not an easy endeavor, and people don't give enough respect, I think, to not only the head coach but the assistants because – and I know you do, and head coaches do. They, they know what assistants, assistants and even the volunteer assistants go through because it's not an easy process to become a high school coach. You may have played high school football, no. college football, whatever – but it, it, it's a process to become a high school coach. Even as a, a volunteer assistant, you got to go through all those steps. Correct. And now we are, you know, we'll be in June next week when, when practices start. You know, for a guy like you, you know, if you want to do that and train your other 20 guys, you need to bring in another four guys to do that. It's not easy. They can't just show up and monitor a weight room. It's impossible. Right. Exactly. So, again, uh, it's going to be very hard um, in that respect for sure. And um, we're all – the great thing is we're all in this together. We're all working through it together. And, again, we need to start all coming together and and figuring out, you know, what's the next step after that. Um, If there isn't – you know, we need to start planning out, hey, if it's a reduced season, here's where it's going to be. If it's no season, this is what we need to do to make sure – we can possibly have winter sports, you know? So yeah. all those stuff, all that stuff needs to start being uh, planned and, 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 and thought out. And again, whether you agree with it or not, we got to all come to the agreement that whatever's in the best safety interest of our student athletes and their families is what we need to do. And, um, and the piggyback- I, I would hope everybody would come to that conclusion, especially knowing we all know the number one factor with uh, COVID-19 is obesity. The people that struggle the most with COVID-19 are people who are obese. And we all know, and that's the reason the high school league also has, they, they sent us a graphic of sports that are low risk, moderate risk, high risk. That's why football is a high risk sport, not just because of the touching and the feeling and all that that goes on, but also because of that factor that most of our kids, including myself, are obese. And we fit that definition of obesity. Um, and not to mention, again, we, got, we can't just worry about – we got to worry about the kids too, but we got to worry about their families as well because that's who they go home to each night. And a lot of our kids live with family members who are immuno-decompressed, uh, uh, have bad immune systems. Uh, also, they're obese as well. Um, and have other illness factors, whether it's cancer or, or something else, that is detrimental if you catch COVID. So uh, we got to keep that in mind as well. And, and, you know, again, these kids are going home. It's not like college. We can't isolate them. We can't put them in a dorm room and make sure no one comes into contact with them. And I don't have 30 graduate assistant coaches uh, to ensure that happens. And I don't have uh, eight trainers and, and nine medical professionals at a call if a kid does come up with coronavirus um, to properly isolate and do all that stuff. So we got to remember, we're not college. We're not the pros. We are an amateur high school organization. And um, there's certain things that we can't do that they're doing. And to piggyback on that, you know, I know through Scott, Scott, uh, Yerkeson is our our lead trainer at Oceanside. He's, you know, while I'm not necessarily on staff anymore, 
you know, he, he's always he's been one of my closest friends, and you know, he he's affiliated through Roper. I'm not sure what, which outfit you guys use there at C. E. Murray, but you know, some of the things that he was talking about is they're already talking to him about doing the thermometer, doing the checks every day. Is that something you've met with your training staff, your physical trainers, well, and things like that to yeah. do? Well, welcome to 1A football, because 1A football, 80% of the teams don't have a trainer like us. Our, our district, we have no trainers in our district. So um, that falls on to the head coach as well. Head coach, hey, you're the trainer. You're, you're going to check their temperatures. Not Again, not the best scenario for keeping safety, right? So, again, that all factors into the high school league making the decision they made as well. Um, that you have those schools that don't have a trainer at all. And I've heard from schools who do have a trainer, those trainers are kind of taking a step back too, saying, whoa, wait a minute, you're not putting the risk on me. I'm not going to be the sole person responsible for checking temperatures and ensuring these kids aren't infected. Um, So that's another issue as well that the bigger schools got to deal with is some of those trainers are going to take a step back and say, um, can't do that. That's not in my job description. And that's a difficult part because, you know, and, and I don't know your background as far as, uh, you know, the the medical side, but I mean, <laughs> that, that's an unbelievable task uh, that, that falls upon you and your staff there because, I mean, you have to run a program and that's meaning all the right. students, not only, you know, academically and physically, Plus your 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 staff of coaches and things like that. Well, I can't even I can't even imagine. I mean, because I know at a two A school where we had you know uh, a staff of two actual trainers who, who come from um, uh, Roper that that they're involved in the hospital and and doctors and things like that. And there's a team physician that can be called upon. I I, I can't even imagine, buddy. What you have to deal with has right. got to be. This has to be an unbelievable headache and burden on top of trying to run a program and win a state championship. Correct. So, again, you're you're going to, again, see a lot of people um, say, look, I'm not taking that risk. And, that, and that's got to be understandable that uh, they're not going to not going to do that. It's just not, you know, it's not safe. I'm not a medical professional by any means. Um, and then again, a lot of trainers aren't medical professionals either. You know, that their specific job is athletic training, not pediatrician, not immunologist, not epidemiologist. So again, we're going to see a lot of those trainers say, Hey, wait a minute. That's not my job description. I'm not a temperature checker. I can't do that by law. Therefore I can't even go that route, you know, because again, that, that, unless the school district's going to take on that extra liability and say, oh, you know, we'll cover you in a lawsuit, and that, that's what we're all talking about here is risk, um, then a lot of those trainers got to take a step back as well and say, look, I, I, I can't be responsible for that. You, you, you're going to have to do that. You know, I'm going to let a school official take his temperature and decide whether or not he gets to participate. Because what happens if he's asymptomatic and – then he infects the whole team, a team member or their family member dies and they come after us and they want to sue us all. And they say, well, you gave the temperature check. Um, and you knew as a medical professional, he could be asymptomatic. Did you not? 
then go down a whole can of work. So, so it makes me wonder I, if, I if imagine, the districts aren't going to come, come up with waivers. I imagine a lot of better, a lot of people are again are going to take a step back and um, not want to put themselves at that type of risk. And, and again, uh, it's going to be understandable. You can't fault can't fault a trainer whose job is athletic training for saying, "Whoa, wait a minute." I can't get involved with the medical aspect. That's why I call Dr. So-and-so, you know, when the kid hurts his knee or when the kid is actually sick with some other virus, you know? so And it, make, it makes me wonder if district's lawyers aren't going to come up with some type of waiver um, because of that. Because, like I said, the high school league seemed to leave it open and just said, you know, right. you guys assume the risk. Well, and again – if the waiver part comes into play, we have seen in the past those waivers mean absolutely nothing in a court of law. And also what would happen um, in that regard is if you're a parent, do you feel comfortable signing your rights away if, if that waiver would stand up? You know, so, again, you're, you're opening up. That would be a whole other can of worms. Mm. <laughs> so. It, 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 it's definitely, you know, a hard thing to deal with. And I under, that's why, like I said, I, I can't understand anybody bashing the high school league at all because you have to put yourself in their shoes. You have to put yourself in the school district shoes. And then anybody who – it's just like if you own your own business, you got to put yourself in your shoes of whether or not you're going to allow certain risks. And right now – They've all calculated it because they all have insurance adjusters and people that calculate the risk, and they've all said, "Look, that risk is too high." So when they when they do that and they make that decision, we got to say also that risk is too high, and until that risk is lowered, and like I said, it, we know it's safe. I, I don't believe the high school league's gonna give a blanket statement. I, I just don't see it. I don't see them giving us a blanket statement until the list. Until the risk is lowered, and I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping and praying each day that, you know, these people that believe in it's going to disappear. I hope it does. I hope it disappears tomorrow. That'd be great. Go away because it, again, if we keep seeing increasing an in, increase in cases and an increase in deaths, it's all a moot point anyway because when when there's no way we'll have a season. So. Uh, that that's the main thing, and and we got to come to the, those realities. And I'm hoping and praying again that we find some great news out here in the next couple of weeks. Whether someone, you know, cracks the code on the vaccine or cracks the code on the treatment to make it not a death sentence, and um, that that would be the best case scenario for sure. No doubt about it, Coach. As always, I wanted to tell you this, first of all. Thanks so much for all that you do for my dream and, and, and doing uh, what I do here at Southern Sports Central because you and I communicate throughout the days, uh, and, and you don't always get a chance to come on, but I want you to know, man, all you got to do is say, hey, I'm ready, and I'm going to mic you up and give you as much time as you need because you always bring a, a five-star segment. I appreciate that. And not only what you do in the football fields and in the classroom, the athletic department, but you know, you're doing so much in our community. You're, you know, I follow you on of course, social media, and your tweets are very powerful. People can sit back and, and see the right. other side of Coach Schmitty, man. It, it's pretty amazing. Of course, you're a Citadel guy yourself. You're a cadet. Uh, of course, Joe Cole is one of the uh, big also contributors here on yep. the show. And, you know, we, we show the Dell a lot of love here, but we do appreciate what you do 
and, uh, and and all that you bring to the table. And I just want to say thank you so much for, for hanging out with us here this evening. Right. Well, I appreciate everything you guys do for high school sports and, and, the, and the community as well. Uh, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal job of, of uh, being community people and, and, and always having the best interest of the community at heart. And I appreciate that as a coach. And, uh, you know, we're, we're living in some tough times. Uh, you know, we, we can't forget, too, the whole George Floyd incident and, um, you know, that was another blow to our American psyche, seeing something that mm-hmm. horrific on uh, national TV, and uh, that should never happen. And uh, I definitely speak out against it, you know. And, you know, the case we saw a couple of months ago with Ahmaud Arbery, that was another just very disturbing incident case that should never happen. Uh, we can't tolerate it. Um, and, you know, I appreciate you guys, again, always standing up for what's right. And, uh, you know, you guys do a great job. And, and again, we thank you so much. Before you go, uh, Eugene is actually sending me a message on the other side here. Eugene, you said something big just came through, buddy. What you got? Yeah, so, you know, actually I'm in the legal field. Uh, Something just came across my computer. Um, The motion to move the South Carolina High School League's case uh, where they're the defendant uh, out of Greenville County lost. So the case will stay in Greenville County uh, for that lawsuit. Is that the lawsuit pertaining to um, private schools? The charter, charter schools, schools and private schools, yeah. It's going to stay in who, Greenville who County. Who was trying to get it moved? Uh, they were trying to get it moved to Richland, being the home for the South Carolina High School League. That's in right. the appellate court, and it is going to stay in Greenville. Right. Well, again, um, I don't agree with uh, that uh, high school. I, I don't think the high school league should have um, made that a, a issue in the first place. Um, you know, it, it's crazy that, uh, you know, it's an issue. I, I, they can't say they weren't told about that prior because, again, I was in a meeting about two Januarys ago, and I told them they all, again, we're talking about realities. I stood up in front of a group of about 15 influential coaches that were called up to the high school league, and I told them all at that time, look, we already seen this happen in Massachusetts about 40 years ago when I was growing up, when private schools, charter schools started taking over up there. And I told them, you got to prepare for the reality. The reality is they're here to stay, and you can't just throw them to the side. So you got to have a fi- find a way to deal with them. And – Again, at that time, uh, uh, I know, um, again, I'm not speaking on anybody's behalf, but uh, Mr. Singleton actually felt the same way that you can't, uh, in his eyes, you couldn't do that. But, again, the membership chose differently, and um, that's fine. That was their choice. Uh, But now, uh, obviously, a court of law is going to hear that out. And um, just by going going by past cases, I don't think that's going to be favorable for the league. I think we will lose that case. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And what I love about this, too, though, of course, uh, Coach Smitty, is that we have you come on. Of course, we have other athletic directors that do get a chance to join in here with us. Of course, uh, over there in Andrews, uh, you know, we get uh, that young man that joins us on a regular basis. Of course, we uh, love having all the athletic directors on because while you guys are football coaches – 
you're also athletic directors. Uh, of course, uh, we get uh, Ford Dorchester's uh, very own. Uh, just been an athletic director and uh, head football coach. Uh, I think he's the longest one now in, in, in that realm, that small room of, uh, I'd say, fraternity that you guys are in. Uh, it's kind of a thing in the past, having a football coach who's also an athletic director. But I would like to get you back in here next Tuesday, and we can go ahead and schedule it now for 7 o'clock, same time. You'll follow behind our Charlotte, uh, you know, uh, Reginald sure. joins at 630. Because I want to talk a little bit more about what's going on because it's funny. Everybody said, Rich, you're going to do radio. You're going to do three days. I said, really, I could do five or six days because there's actually more happening now than there would be if there was actually – you know, some sports going on as far as it goes because it's yeah. a little more interesting than just guys walking around and sweating it out and getting through spring practice. Right, Coach? Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, take care. God bless. We'll see you next Tuesday, 7 o'clock. We're going to go and iron you out, and I'll get yeah. Eugene to get you set up, Major Rowan. We appreciate you, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only uh, joining us there, Coach Smitty, all the way from Manning, South Carolina. He is the athletic director and head football coach, C.E. Murray. Well, we're going to go back to a quick break, a small commercial to give the uh, pit farm a little love here. But when we come back, we come back to Somerville or somewhere in the vicinity here of Somerville where we'll be joined by uh, one of those youth coaches that we talked about that uh, he's under that umbrella with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He, he actually is the head coach of the 10U football program under that of the Ashley Ridge Swamp Foxes, the one and only Sean King. Going to join us next right out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Mitch Yalvin. That is Eugene Benton. I want to thank the coach who just joined us all the way from Manning, South Carolina. He's the athletic director, head football coach for C.E. Murray, the one and only Coach Schmitty joined us for 30 solid minutes. And now go back to the tent farm hotline. Of course, you can find the Tent Farm at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, Carolina, 843-297-4131. Again, the number to reach out to uh, Jonathan Farmer and the crew, 843-297-4131. You can also find them on the web at tentfarm.com. they got some of the coolest swag you could ever think of. And trust me, it's definitely getting hot here in the low country. You want to throw some shade on your windows, whether it be on your cars, at your home, or in your business, make sure you travel over to the farm. Now, without further ado, we head over to uh, Ashley Ridge, where we'll check in now with the head football coach of the 10U program of the Swamp Foxes. Well, that's that Little League program hanging out over there with Coach Sean King. What's up, Coach? Hey, how are you? We're awesome, man. So we're glad to get you in here. This is first of many, so you can take off that rookie stripe after the interview, and we'll look forward to getting you back. But, uh, you guys, uh, I guess, been doing a little bit of practice and maybe just a little bit of something happening, man. Uh, talk to us about what's happening with that 10U program 
over there at Ashley Ridge with the Swamp Foxes? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, very, very excited for the season. Uh, right now we're just doing some skills and drills and uh, some conditioning work. Um, just kind of getting the kids out the house and back into the swing of football and also kind of take their minds off of, you know, reality and what's going on now. So uh, just out there, man, working hard, putting in work. I got great, a great group of kids. I got a lot of returners, a lot of, a lot of kids moving up with experience. So um, just, we're all just very excited. Now, of course, we've been blessed with having uh, a handful of your guys and, and a cheerleading coach, if I'm not mistaken, has joined us here uh, about about a month ago. But we're excited to not only be a part uh, of just one team, but all the teams, but the possibility of you guys being our game of the week, Coach, and, and having you and all your ball players on the air right here on Southern Sports Central on Saturday night. Have you guys started to leak out that information saying, hey, you guys are actually going to be on the radio having your name called out, and you actually can listen to it forever because once we go off the air we turn it into a podcast and you know your football parents and and of course those can listen to it well as long as they want yeah oh no no i mean right now honestly it's just getting kids out the house you know everybody's been stuck inside and you know trying to social distance and kind of stay away from everybody so you know right now it's just more about just more about getting the kids back into the mentality of football i mean i think you know i could speak for every level when it comes to that um, but I mean, it's going to be an exciting opportunity. I mean, you know, they definitely deserve it. And, um, I, I can tell you when the season starts, we will be ready. So now how, let's how go. does this work for you guys? You know, usually you guys are, are setting up of course, uh, and we're going to get into that of fundraising because fundraising at this age is very crucial with having that money to take care of the, I guess, overhead, if you will, or any other little things that may come up. You know, how is that working out with all of you guys? I know there's a multiple amount of coaches over there under that Ashley Ridd Swamp Fox youth program, but, but how, how is this going? And any update when it comes to some of these new and upcoming fundraisers that we can help get the word out right now as we have you on the air with us? Um, yeah, well, right now it's mostly, and, you know, I, I just got to give a shout-out to the entire program and the staff, you know, all the way from Gary all the way to uh, James with 12U and Jason, but, uh, to be honest with you, when it comes to that, we've kind of just been taking it on our own and kind of just fundraising on our own, not only just fundraising, but also just putting equipment together for the kids, you know, because, I mean, this is football. You know, every kid should, it deserves an opportunity to go out and play regardless of, you know, money or any kind of social rankings. I mean, that's the beauty of football. You know, you line up and pretty much it's one-on-one and the best man wins. And so, you know, it's just giving all the kids just, you know, an opportunity, you know, regardless of whatever their background or circumstance, just to come out and not have to worry about, you know, things like that um, and allow them just to come out, be free and just, you know, just compete. But um, we have been doing a lot of that on our own. Um, I know we're getting equipment together now. Uh, We will be starting a raffle. Well, we started some raffles, uh, the coaches, but, you know, we're going to put out the information uh, here shortly on that. But um, I just got, you know, it's just mainly right now, it's just individuals, you know, coaches just doing, you know, even putting up some of our own money, just making sure that we have at least something now for the kids so that we don't have to worry about issues like that uh, as far as equipment. You know, we've already given cleats. Um, You know, there was one kid that came to our camp that couldn't even get into a shoe. I mean, it was just way too small. Um, Talented kid, you know, so we were able to provide him with some cleats and you know, just honestly, just doing the best we can to, you know, to help as much as we can. We don't get paid. You know, we love the game. Um, I can speak for all of us. Um, 
around the league when it comes to that. And, you know, whatever we can do to help, we will do it. We're live right now with one of the coaches from that umbrella of the youth program over there at Ashley Rib, the Swamp Foxes, the 10U, very own head coach, Sean King, joins us live here on Southern Sports Central. And uh, we're just getting a little bit more introduced. And when you kind of put this together, and you mentioned all the great names, and we've actually had the chance to talk to some of those guys here on the air, and we're going to get you guys all back in here as well. And uh, we look forward to coming to some of your practices. We want to get to see what you guys are all about, maybe doing a live show with one of them or two. That being said, though, Sean, you know, did you ever think something like this would come about? I mean, how cool is it that it's a pretty easy sell, right, to go out to a kid and say, look, you're going to go to Ashley Ridge. You're going to get to wear that helmet, that uniform. Here's the other kicker. You get to keep the helmet after the season's done. I mean, all of that I think is a pretty big, uh, pretty big deal. And, of course, when you get to wear the colors of the school that you can't wait to play for at such an early age, it's such a big deal. Right, Coach? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you got to remember, you know, I'm 30. So, when you know, when we were younger, you know, none of this opportunity was available. You know, you kind of, everybody had a rec team and you were the Falcons or whatever your team was and you went out and you competed and then you moved on. Um, You know, I had the pleasure of of, uh, playing on the B team in the seventh grade. And, you know, that kind of just opened my mind to, you know, just a difference in football, but that's all we had. You either were on the B team or you played in, you know, in your rec league. Um, So just, I mean, the, the, how the sport has grown, and, you know, me before before coaching this year, I kind of was able to sit back and watch my brother play and kind of, you know, see how it all works. And, I mean, the, you know, from where it started to where it is now, it's just tremendous. Um, and just to be a part of it is exciting, um, just to be honest with you, just to watch these kids go out and compete and, you know, and, and play the game that we love. But, yeah, the opportunity to play for that high school, is, like you said, is just, I mean, it's amazing. Um you know, I know I can speak for a lot of my peers. You know, we would have dreamed to have an opportunity like that. But uh, it's great that these kids can uh, do that and kind of just, you know, move on up in the program and have some consistency. So it's a great thing. And, Coach, this is uh, Eugene here. Now, well, you got the youth program, and I know you guys are affiliated with Asher Ridge and, and a new coach coming in. I'm sure you guys have already had those meetings. Are you going to be doing – kind of like what Myrtle Beach and some of these other programs do where you're running that high school program. And, and talk to us a little bit about that. Like, uh, you know, what, what meetings are you having? Are you part of the staff? Or are you meeting with them to kind of get those kids acclimated into running the, the, new, the new scheme, so to speak, with Ashley Ridge? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, you know, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to do anything like that. In fact, I don't even think, I mean, none of the schools are open. You know, there's nowhere really for these guys to – to practice i know there's a lot of zoom meetings and things like that going on but when it comes to things like that it's more it's better you know it when you can meet face to face and you can have meetings and and you can go through it that way so we I, we haven't been able to i do know personally a couple of coaches that he's hired uh just from the area um so i've heard i mean i've heard you know i haven't got the chance to talk to him yet but i've heard great things about him i mean everybody speaks highly of him um and honestly it's just exciting just to be able to be a part of it and um once we do but i'm sure you know once we we all will meet and we all will get on the same page and we're just going to do what's best for the program honestly uh you know and that includes x's and o's and just kind of how you know how what we think the program needs to succeed so it's it's going to be a collective effort and we'll get together like i said we're in you know uncharted territory we never had to deal with anything like this where you can't even i mean you can't even really congregate like that so you know, right. once we get together, it'll be, you know, once we get together, 
um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a game plan and I think we'll be all, we'll all be on the same page. Great guys. Again, like I said, um, you know, and like I said, I know a couple of his coaches, but uh, the opportunity just to get started is just, is amazing. And I look forward to it, to us all getting together here soon. On top of the X and O's, are you guys able to work with them on getting some of your guys, some of the, you know, the strength and conditioning part for the, for the youth league as well? Is that something you guys have talked about that you're planning on building in for the younger guys? Um, so that is in discussion from what I've heard, but you got to realize, so I, we've, as far as the little guys go, we've kind of been, we've had access to fields and things like that. So we've kind of already been slowly getting into it. Whereas the high schools are, you know, everybody's still waiting, kind of playing the waiting game. I don't, I don't believe those guys have practiced or anything or had meetings or anything like that yet. So, um, you know, as far as that, you know, as far as that goes, you know, once, like I said, once we all get together and, uh, you know, we, you know, we have, we have that official meeting where we can all kind of, you know, get on the same page, you know, it'll be a lot easier that, uh, that way. And, and, and like you were talking about with the X and O's now, I know like I, I had kids when I lived in the uh, Myrtle's Inlet area played uh, football through the youth league up in Myrtle beach. And what they did was a, a volunteer or, or one of the referees was kind of in the huddle. And when a player called a play or a coach called to play, quarterback called to play in the huddle, that referee was there, and they had to run a certain play. Now, what the rule was there was, let's say it was a, a trap left, and the kid was to run the ball towards the left. You know, they were a blocking scheme. They would run the ball to the left. If the kid ran right, it was an illegal procedure call. Have you guys had those meetings with, like, refs? Is, is it something that's going to be that tight, or is it going to be a little bit more uh, – where you have, you know, some, some leeway in what you do as a coach uh, outside of, you know, quote-unquote Ashley Ridge plays. Right. Um, so, as far as so – you got to remember, so I got the 9- and 10-year-olds. We have 7 and 8, and then we have 11 and 12. So, your 12U is more of what you're talking about where you can do more of that. With me coaching the 9- and 10-year-olds, it's, you know, I'm, I can't – you know, there's not – I can't do 30 formations. You know, I keep everything – as simple as I possibly can because I wanted to be more about the execution rather than X's and O's. You know, when you're dealing with nine and 10 year olds, you're going to have some kids that have talent and some kids that don't, you know? So I feel like, you know, so what I'm trying to do is just collect as much talent and, and do as much teaching and breaking it, you know, cause I, you know, I played college ball. So I kind of take that structure and mentality for me and I apply and I dumb it down to the nine and 10 year olds. So it's, you know, it's, it's vanilla it's vanilla as far as X's and O's go, but it's structured just like they would be at Ashley Ridge. So what I mean by that is wide receivers, inside foot up, hands up, uh, three-point stands, head up, you know, those kind of things. And as far as X's and O's, just trying to keep it as simple as possible. But, you know, as far uh, – I don't, I don't believe the, the – I don't know what the playbook for the varsity is yet. I mean, we haven't – you know, like I said, we haven't met. Um but I'm sure, you know, as far as that goes, we can bounce ideas and come up with things. But that's just something that we'll have to meet. You know, it's not something I can say, well, I'm going to use the Ashley Rich playbook and get the, you know, I, I just, that's not something we can, at this point, I can say. Um, so as far well, as what well, I've clear. been doing is just, so as far as what I've been doing, though, is just um, obviously conditioning, but just keeping, using the same plays and incorporating different formations, if that makes sense. Surely. So they always know surely. what to do. 
nine and ten year olds aren't going to be able to throw a post route. You and you and I both know that. You'd be surprised. Uh, so we, You'll be surprised. Well, well you're, you're right. Be surprised. You're right. But uh, their playbook may be certainly far more in depth than what you're running. I guess, but you know, you, you get a certain formations and start teaching that. But another thing I want to talk to you about um, and get your opinion on or thoughts on is having been a high school coach uh, in the Mount Pleasant area. You know, kids in the middle school uh, didn't have. It was a lot of daddy balls and volunteers and and, and praise those guys, yeah. you know, for giving their time and effort, you know, for for free. But um, you know, yeah. one thing we found at the high school level was kids who didn't have, you know, proper coaches uh, in the middle school level. They didn't know how to tackle. They didn't know head up, exactly. butt down, feet moving. And exactly. so, uh, is that something exactly. you guys are going to spend an extra amount of time on oh. teaching proper technique and stuff like that? Absolutely. That's why I'm coaching now, actually. Um, I had So two years ago, I had no interest in coaching at all. I just wanted to watch my brother play. Um, but being from the football, football world like you, you know, when you see things done blatantly wrong so much, it, it's just a matter of time before you just want to jump in and just say, get out of my way. This is how you do it. But you got to do it respectfully. So, I, you know, so last year was my first year, and I, that's exactly what I did. So what I try to do, like even on my staff, is I try to have coaches that have actually played the game. Um, it's important to me because, I mean, you can teach a lineman how to get down and tell him what a three technique is, but can you show him how to shade? Can you show him how to swim? You know, I feel like experience is key when it comes to football. I mean, technically anybody can coach football, but if you look at the best teams and the best coach teams, uh, there's a clear difference there. And most times it's guys that have been there and they know what they're doing. Um, so – the experience is there, especially on my staff. I mean, I have one, a former Green Wave player, uh, Coach Ruben Mitchum. He, he started on the D-line 07, and he knows exactly what to do. We have the linemen getting down. Uh, we have Obviously, we don't have shoulder pads and things like that, but teaching is going to be a big part, and it's not Oklahoma drills. It's not bull in the ring, but it's less. It's, it's more uh, in-game situations, you know, offensive line versus defensive line one-on-one two defensive linemen, a linebacker, two linemen, and a running back. You know, I think, I think it's more effective if you teach, especially young kids, put them in the situation, situational tackling instead of just the, you know, your bowl in the ring and your lineup and see you can hit. I mean, the game has changed. You know, middle linebackers aren't, aren't like they used to be. Now you've got to be able to run sideline to sideline. I think it's just important that, you know, for all the coaches that we just teach the kids the right way. And if you don't know, just ask somebody, you know, find somebody that does know or you're going to get somebody hurt. So it's bit yeah it's bit like you said it's very important and I we, I I mean I can't speak for everybody else but I know we will be spending a lot of time on that because I mean it's just it just needs to be taught it's just not taught you know you give a, a kid does it you know you teach a kid he does it the wrong way and now you get frustrated and you just let him do it that way you know and I think a it's just a little bit of, of a firm of stance right yeah, right it, and it's a, of course of right. course. yeah you know I mean you're from the right. football world so you you know how it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you run in there with your head down, and that could be the end of your life. Exactly. When you got kids coming in because they just wanted to, you know, somebody told them to go make that tackle, and they dive in head head first, it's just it's a dangerous situation. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, life or death. I mean, I know we all know people in the football world that have broken necks, and I mean, just from simply not doing it the right way. So just the emphasis and taking the time teaching it right, situational tackling. I think I think that'll help a lot. Coach, I want to thank you very much for the time you've given us here tonight. Of course, uh, we're going to get you back in because there's some history I need to know about you as well there. You, you know, I know you played the game. You're educated as far as 
you know, on the field, off the field, and what to do, what not to do. And that's like you heard Coach Benton, myself, and uh, everybody else that we come in here uh, when it comes to the VIP room like yourself joining us here tonight. We want to get educated from your side. Hear what you have to say. What can we take from your knowledge, add it to, of course, you know, our paperwork here and continue to educate those that are listening here in and around Southern Sports Central. So uh, we look forward to it again. Good luck here in the uh, the, the pre, preseason, if you will, here as you guys are getting uh, ready to get things up and running. I'm going to save your number, catch up with you here uh, off the air at some point here in the next few hours, and uh, we'll do that here shortly. But, again, thank you so much for all that you've yes, given sir. to the program already and all that you've given you know, here. Hey, in the come out. Come out, too, anytime. Come out. We'll, you know, we'll talk, come out, watch practice, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, I definitely encourage you guys to come out and be a part of it. I mean, anytime, anytime, come out. Definitely going to do it. No doubt. Appreciate it, Coach. God bless. Take care, and we will see you on the other side, my friend. Thanks again, Coach. All right, stay safe. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Sean King joins us. He is the new member of, of course, the Ashley Ridge Swamp Foxes uh, youth program over there in uh, Somerville. They're on the campus of Ashley Ridge High School here in Somerville, South Carolina. The 10-year program, and like he said, don't underestimate these kids. I watched a young man yesterday, nine years old, uh, as they were warming it up. He was throwing lasers, I mean lasers, to these seniors and juniors over at a high school uh, football team that's kind of uh, individually working out. I have to be careful. No coaches were in sight. No parents were there. It was just, well, it was one parent. But uh, nevertheless, everybody was staying inside the rule book. So we do have to stay inside the lines here at Southern Sports Central. we got a quick break because it's time to head, well, Right there on that campus, we're going to go ahead in here and hang out with the head football coach of the Ashley Ridge Swamp Boxes here. Coming up next, Shane Fielder is going to join us here next. He's going to talk to us about what's going on with the new announcement that was made today. He's taken this program over in a very unusual time coming up from uh, – we're coming down from Polly's Island, South Carolina with the Waccamaw Warriors, but he's done it in stride and he's done it in style. He even brought his wife and a new baby along the way. Well, she, well they're here now. Of course, little man's here with us now, but – We'll talk to him about the newest member of their family and, of course, this whole transition as we uh, get ready for the new season in 2020, guys. Don't go anywhere. Hour three coming up next. Hi, welcome everybody. I'm Richie Altman, one of the other half of Southern Sports Central, the other half coach Eugene Benton, and joining us here live all the way from Somerville, South Carolina, the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Here's we're uh, ready to roll, and we're going to get in here with a coach who's joined us here today, all the way from well our backyard here in Somerville, over there at Ashley Ridge High School. Of course, this segment brought to you by our friends over there at Simmons Barbershop. It is the oldest barbershop here in the. Somerville area, one of the oldest in the state, of course, locally owned and operated. You can find Simmons Barbershop at 139 North Main Street. That's over here in Somerville. You can call them at 843-873-2861. Now, they're closed on Tuesdays and Sundays. They close early at 11 on uh, Saturdays. But other than that, get in and hang out. Now we bring them in for a cleanup job here as we get ready to rock and roll with Coach Shane Fiedler. Coach, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing, man? We're lovely, man. Always fun. I talked to you earlier today, and I got to get you to Simmons Barbershop, by the way. That's going to be your – unless you already have a hot spot to get your hair cut, I got to get you in there, I man. Have, they tell you – have you been there yet? 
No, I haven't. I have an amazing barber, actually. Uh, Mrs. Fiddler does a great job of cutting my hair. Um, and if she knew that I was trying to go to someone else to get my hair cut, she might be offended. So, uh, she you might know, uh, Emily, you're, Emily's a great barber. So if anyone's looking for a cut or $50 a piece, I'm free. But everyone else, 50 <laughs> That's awesome. I love it, Coach. I'm going to take you in there. You don't have to get a haircut, but I would love those guys to get to know you. It's kind of like if you watch Friday Night Lights or – if you remember the movie, remember the Titans when he goes into that restaurant and he's telling the guys he's stepping down and they're like, oh, they're, they're losing their minds. That's kind of Simmons Barbershop all in one there because if you want to know what's going on, just hit there, hang out for a little while. Uh, coach McKissick, the legendary coach here in, in Somerville, you've heard a ton about, used to say, he used to tell him keep the, the haircut short and the conversation shorter because you just about a five-minute haircut but a 45-minute conversation. But uh, everybody, and it's almost like walking into its own museum because there's so much history in there that you would probably uh, just enjoy seeing there, Coach. Oh, yeah. We de- I'll definitely probably check that place out, you know. Um, you know, you, you got to do things like that. You got to go out there. You got to let the people tell you you called the wrong play on Friday or, or you know, how great <laughs> you, you were when you beat this team. So, you know, all that stuff's part of the deal. It's fun. No doubt about it, Coach. So new news came out today, and I'm not sure if we're all on the same page, but we do at least have a page to look at. Uh, what was your thoughts? I know you've met with your staff here today. We had a conversation, and uh, you're doing a great job keeping in touch with your players because I get a chance to talk to most of them uh, throughout the week. But that being said, your thoughts and your coach's thoughts of uh, the latest release of information that came out here earlier this afternoon. Well, we were prepared for it. You know, the National Federation uh, released basically the the same uh, rules uh, last week or the week before. So we had uh, been beginning to make plans based on those rules. Uh, You know, obviously them allowing the districts to make the decision, I think, uh, is a fair fair one. I think it's the best one for our state and the best one for our our world at this time. You know, every place has a different uh, handle on what's going on with this COVID. So, you know, right now it's going to take a lot of creative planning. And most importantly, we have to keep the student safety in mind in everything we do, every decision we make. So, you know, we're 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 making decisions and we're uh, you know checking them multiple times. We we don't want to we don't want to screw up and put kids in an unsafe situation. And we want to you know be able to maximize our our space and and our coaches and and everything we're able to do so we can uh, best prepare for those Friday nights uh, in August and September and hopefully all the way to December. Live right now with the one and only head football coach over there at Ashley Ridge with the Swamp Foxes. He's taken the team in stride and has built quite a powerhouse of coaches around him, and he's brought them in from all around the low country and done it in fashion, Coach. But you've maintained to keep a few of the guys as well. One of those is probably going to be your closest guy, and that's going to be your strength and conditioning guy. Of course, uh, you know, we know a little bit about him too here, Coach Bellish. Talk to us about Coach Bellish. How's he doing over there, and uh, how's the excitement with uh, him, of course, challenging your players? as you guys have your own little system together to keep each other accountable. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've divided our team into some units, and we've made, uh, we've made uh, uh, you know, some incentives for uh, completing workouts and, you know, going to Zoom position Zoom meetings. In fact, his uh, position Zoom meeting started six minutes ago. So I know he's not listening, and, you know, he's, he's in on that and getting those guys right. You know, hopefully we're out there sooner with, with everybody we can, you know, uh, you know, work our whole scheme and all those things. But you know, he's done an awesome job. He, uh, him and Coach Hoff, Joe Hoff, they have developed a uh, strength conditioning uh, 
program for our for our players. We have a lot of hardworking kids that have bought into it. We use a we use an app, um, and we send the workouts to the kids. They got videos of the exercises, and the kids have to start a timer and finish the timer. And we collect data on them based on their sleep and um, how intense the workouts were uh, in their mind. So we can uh, use that data, collect it, uh, try to keep track of what they're doing, and and you know. Obviously, a lot of people out there, are, you know, they might just be trying to maintain or just get workouts in and check the box. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to use this time to our advantage. You know, I heard a listen to a podcast with my leadership group, uh, my 11 player leadership group on the team, and it talked about how during the Great Depression, uh, it was uh, post cereal. Post cereal was like, ah, well, we'll get through it, whatever. And and Kellogg's is like, this is our time. We need to strike and and get stuff done. And now Kellogg's is the biggest name brand here in the world and you don't even hear a post anymore so uh, we tell our kids we're going to be we're going to be catalogs we're not going to be posts we're going to you know, this might be a crazy time but there's ways for us to take advantage of it uh, get better and, and come out on the other side stronger we're live right now with the one and only head football coach it's his, his first year coming in here to of course uh, the region as you know a very powerful region that he has taken this challenge Head on, and he has brought in great coaches. He's kept a few coaches. He's now embraced these players. Coach, how hard has it been for you, realistically? You took over this program, and then COVID shows up and says, not so fast, my friend, kind of a Lee Corso kind of feeling there. But how how hard has it been, and what type of uh, feedback have you gotten back from the players, even though you're not able to see them, but in a virtual way? Well, what we did was uh, I was only with them for a week before, you know, this – uh, incident went down and we were out of school and weren't able to contact them in person. So I immediately, we started meeting as a staff on zoom and getting organized and getting ready for spring. And then uh, early April, we started meeting with our players on, on zoom. And every Tuesday night I meet with our, our leadership group and uh, they take information and send it out to uh, the rest of the team that I deliver to them. And we do, you know, leadership trainings. And, you know, I have them, you know, do just different things so we can, I, I can get to know them. They can get to know me. Uh, you know, and we have group chats. They're all sending me games of uh, pool on the on the iPhone. I'm beating them all, especially Donovan. He knows it. Um, you know, they they like to act like they're better than me at it. But I, you know, I'm just trying to find creative ways to build those relationships. That I'm not able to build with them through, uh, you know, the weight room this spring and spring practice. And you know, and when we do come back together, it's not going to be like it was. You know, where you have all 120 kids or whatever in, in the weight room and working out and able to do that. It's going to be, you know, 10 kids here, 10 kids there, or not even 10 kids, 10 people, you know, it might be eight, eight kids, two coaches or nine kids, a coach, whatever. And, you know, got to find creative ways to keep building those relationships because there's nothing more important in coaching than building relationships. You can have the greatest scheme in the world. You can have all these outrageous and awesome plans and great uniforms and all the million things that could be great. But if you don't have relationships with your kids and, if you don't, if you don't care about them, you know what, what's the matter? No doubt about it. Live right now, Coach Shane Fielder joins us over here on the Tent Farm Hotlines, all the way over in Somerville, right down the road from the studio here on the campus of Ashley Ridge High School. Of course, the Swamp Fox is looking to be better. Well, be the leader, if you will. There, Coach. You and I talked earlier today, and, and I always appreciate these coaches that they answer the phone. It might not be the first ring, but I get you second and third ring, and. You're always willing to come on here, be a part of what we're doing. And I can't say how much it means to me because it's not always easy. It's not always to get you guys in here, but you have always done it, sometimes in a 10-minute window, and today it was about a, what, four-hour window. But nevertheless, you know, you, you said some things that kind of resonated uh, with me throughout the day, and, and you talked basically about setting the bar 
to Ashley Ridge, not to Somerville, not to Fort Dorchester. Those are just two schools that you realistically you compete with because at the end of the day, you have to look at these kids have gone to middle school with some of these other kids. They've grown up. They're family members, of course, that are on other teams. This is kind of unique but yet different for a coach like yourself that comes in here from Waccamaw but grew up in, I believe, what, Pennsylvania. Kind of tell us a little bit about this change and and what it means to you and share some of the conversation we had earlier today. Listen, you know, one one thing that uh, I learned a head coaching lesson at Waccamaw, you know, year one I went in there like, hey, our goal is to make the playoffs. Well, we weren't very good. There was a lot of other factors. And then year two I'm like, all right, we want to, you know, Make the playoffs. Oh, well, guess what? We're very good. Last year, I learned from uh, Coach Keepers now at West Ashley. You know, he, you know, he's an older guy. He's been around, won state championship, Green Sea Floyd, two of them. And I said, man, what, do you, what, what, what gives you all the winning edge? He goes, I, we just don't set limitations of what we can do in our program. And that's stuck with me. I said, look, we, we don't have no limitations. We, we, you know, we're not going to measure ourselves uh, based on, you know, small accomplishments. You know, we, we, our goal is real simple. We want to hang banners. That's what we want to do. And while your your goal is to hang banners and the win state championships and all that, along the way you're going to hit great milestones like region championships and and wins versus uh, huge programs in your district. And you're going to you know host playoff games and play on Thanksgiving and you know that's that's probably a special thing. You know eat Thanksgiving dinner together. And, you know and all you hit all those things. But you know our kids all the time and, and they're 16 or 17. You know think about well this team's doing that and this team's doing that. Let's focus on what we're doing. Let's focus on what we have to do to get better. We have this is our program. This is our plan. Let's follow that. Let's not compare ourselves to these other programs and what they're doing. Let's focus on what we're doing so that way we can get better so we can beat them. Great points here by Coach Shane Fieler, who joins us right now live on the Tim Farm Hotline, the head football coach of the Ash Ridge Swamp Foxes here with a great opportunity to kind of catch up with them. And, of course, Coach, we talked about your players, but you're doing a lot of this with your coaches. That's that Zoom meeting. How is it going along with growing your relationship with all these new coaches that you brought on staff? So I brought some guys uh, that I am familiar with and I have coached with before, and, um, and then and I got, you know, guys that were on staff before and I've coached against pretty much every I've either coached with or coached against almost everyone that's uh, on our staff and you know it really is a great group a lot of experience a lot of state championship rings a lot of you know there's college football experience there's college coaching experience it's you know and they always say hire people that are better football coaches than you that's what I did um you know I've hired you know, at least a handful of coaches that that are way better than me. So uh, <laughs> that's that's the goal. And I, w- I want our kids to to have the best training possible. I want um, I want not only guys that are good coaches, but guys that are that are loyal to our plan. I want guys that are great people and uh, that that treat kids right and they and they know what it, you know the work's the work. It doesn't matter whatever it is. And, and the guys I brought on understand that they're going to put in the hours. They're going to do what it takes to have success and you know like I said they're going to be good good to kids they're going to they're going to treat them right they're going to be uh, great coaches and more importantly great mentors uh, for them because you know if you have successful Friday you go 15-0 you win state championship but a kid didn't grow as a person become a better man husband father all that when they leave you, you know you've done you, you helped them out for one year but you didn't help them out for life and guys we're bringing in are going to be uh, great examples of what we want our kids to be when they become their age. 
Live right now talking to Coach Shane Fielder, the head football coach, the new head football coach over there at, uh, of course, Ashley Ridge and Swamp Foxes. It's going to have a new look, have a few new coaches, but definitely uh, a lot of motivation uh, as the season gets here. But, you know, the, the truth is going to be, I guess, with lack of better phrases and words here, Coach, in the pudding. When these guys show up, be it on the 8th, be it on the 18th, whenever, whether they did the workouts or not or they sent you their little videos or not, you know, how is that going to come across when these guys step out there for the first time and you see the ones that are winded, the ones that are not winded? How does the coach kind of address that as accountability is going to be the first line of business, if, you're not, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, and I think the first, first and foremost thing is we as football coaches, you can't go in right away and, and you know, knock them out the first day. You know, you want them to come back, and, and but you also got to build up their tolerance uh, you know, you can't go in there doing what you would do in all, you know, in late July on the first day of June. And you got to understand that every, every kid that's come in their situation has been different. Uh, you know, one kid may have been able to do the workouts. Uh, he might have had weights and stuff in his, his garage and been able to do different things. Another kid might have been doing them on air. And another kid might have had to do them in his, in his bedroom. And so uh, you got to gradually build them back in, but also uh, understand at the same time that the kids are hungry, they're ready. Um, they're going to give you everything they got when they come back. Uh, you know, you got to find that balance between getting them prepared for the season, uh, not, you know, not overworking them at the very beginning, but, you know, working them and, uh, you know, find a way to just, you know, get them excited about football again. And I think they are. And just, you know, the main thing is going to be at the end of the day, the main thing is going to be how do we handle the restrictions appropriately uh, so that we don't put any kids in harm's way. You know, I think the football stuff, the conditioning, right. the speed training, all that stuff, I think that, that, that'll come naturally to everybody. I think what's going to be hard for the kids, you know, every, every kid's got to come with a mask and their own water bottle, get their temperature checked every day. All that stuff's going to be different. And, you know, I'm a big stickler on time and, you know, making sure the periods are what they are, da, 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 and people are on time and all that. But, you know, what if, you know, what if you have a line at the temperature check station? What if, you know, a kid's mask? breaks you know you, you, there's a lot of things that we haven't thought about yet that are going to happen we're just going to be flexible and uh you know do the best we can coach uh, shane filler joins us here he is the head football coach over there at ashley ridge uh taking over the swamp boxes here in 2020 and he's taking it by storm by again we mentioned the coaches the players he's got a great group of kids coming back uh i of course can tell you he's got it looks like a very bright uh, future in the plans, of course, for the Swamp Foxes. Coach, you know, we all have somebody that we lean on, maybe somebody that we talk to, but for head coaches, you know, you guys are no different than anybody else, right? You guys have a mentor, maybe somebody you look up to, and during this trying time, has there been a coach that you kind of reached out to around the state or maybe back in Pennsylvania that you kind of leaned on and gotten some advice during this time? Well, what's funny is I hired both of them. <laughs> so, uh, hi, uh, Chris Collins. Chris Collins was the head coach I worked for at uh, Colleton County. I was his OC, and then you know he's been at Goose Creek and Stratford and some other places. Uh, you know he's, he was at Berkeley under Jerry Brown, and you know all this and similar under Art Craig. So he's you know he's got a lot of experience, been around a lot of great coaches, the game a long time, and you know I've leaned on him for for advice during certain things. I, I leaned on Hunter Spivey, a guy I worked for. Um, you know, eight years ago, great military academy, and, you know, he's coached in college, and he's coached at Valdosta High in Somerville. We're bringing him over to be our OC, and, you know, and, you know, Coach Marion's on staff. He's the head coach at West Ashley. You know, he, even when I was just a measly old assistant, he always found time to talk to me, so I always appreciate that, and here we are now. He's working for me, so it's, uh, you know, there's some other guys, too, but 
it's just it's really good that guys that I have leaned on in the past and and still do and they're they're actually coming on to join us. That's that's what I mean by hire guys that are better than you. And uh, we certainly have, and uh, I, I expect that they'll do great for us and uh, and and lead us to where we want to go. Now, this is pretty interesting news there, uh, Coach, because uh, I haven't met Chris Collins yet, and I look forward to it. I know he is a former Somerville Green Wave, and uh, he was up in, up in multiple areas, and he kind of made the comment that he's coming close to back home, but yet that means close is, is Ashley Ridge. But you just kind of gave some breaking news for those who may or may not knew, but hmm, Hunter Spivey, offensive coordinator, I know a little bit about that guy for the last two years at Somerville. Man, I'm telling you, this guy is very energetic, number one very knowledgeable, number two, and cares a lot about his kids, number three. And uh, I tell you what, that one, uh, definitely a huge steal and an opportunity uh, to take that program. Again, for you guys who may or may not know, the Philly special should be called, should be called the Hunter's Fivey special because it was directed in a backyard in a sand land, if I'm not mistaken, where I'm from and he's from up there in uh, Conway, South Carolina. He shares it with Chad Moore, who shares it and shares it and shares it. Man, what a great job. Dude, you continue. Funny story about the uh, Philly special. I was on that staff when it was made, and, and you know, we were working at that great military academy up in Columbia. We were on this, uh, wow. this random school's little softball field or something practicing, and so I will put in this trick play. We're like, all right, whatever, you know. <laughs> he always got, you know, we call them Spivey specials. He's got all these Spivey specials, all these great trick plays. And I put this in, we're going to. Call it Detroit. We're going to go over here. We're going to say Detroit, Detroit. We're going to snap it. Quarterback's going to pause you. Know, you know, go out there to the front pylon. You know, X receiver, you're going to slant, take this guy away. We're like, all right, that'll never work. Now we play Fork Union Military Academy. Their quarterback's Cardale Jones. They got Jarrell Adams, Michael Thomas. They got all these NFL guys and big-time college football players yeah. on it. We didn't know at the time. And we're beating them. And uh, we, he calls it. He calls it. We drop it. <laughs> we drop it the end of and we don't, and we don't get it. And then you know, I go on. I'm OC at Eau Claire the next year, and we're playing uh, uh, North Central High School, and uh, we needed a two point conversion to tie the game. We just scored like 30 seconds left. And I said, screw it. And I called it, and we got it. And then we went to overtime and won. So that thing has really taken off. Um, ran against Bishop Bingham a couple years ago. Walkabout did not have success, uh, but <laughs> obviously it worked for the Eagles. Worked for the Eagles and some yeah. other people. So. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, that guy's that guy. He uh, the best thing about him, I think, is kids love him. Kids love him. That's why I said I want man. guys. You know, you can't have all the great scheme in the world, um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to your relationship with players, and you know, are they talented, and how hard are they willing to work, and are they willing to be great people in the process? And like I said, I'm bringing in great people to our coaching staff. The Hunter thing is kind of recent news <laughs> that happened late last week. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess you wouldn't know that, but yeah, he's a uh, you know he, we had an offensive meeting today, so we're all getting on the same page, and um, nice. I think uh, you know we're going in a, we're going in the right direction. We're bringing good people in, and you know provide our kids the best opportunity for success, short term and long term. Well, I can tell you this, and I am going to bring Eugene in here in just a minute because, uh, of course, Eugene is uh, the other half of the show here, Coach. But, you know, we talk about Hunter Spivey, and, and I grew up around Hunter. I've known him for a long time and got a chance to, you know, be uh, on a staff with him as he was the OC at Somerville. And you talk about that, that uh, Spivey special. He actually um, called that in the overtime game and went against 
for Dorchester a couple years ago, and Somerville, of course, wins on the road at Ford. It's probably the most electrifying game I've caught on radio in my life, and uh, it was quite incredible, and I've had a chance to get to know him and Amy, and his, his boys are just incredible people, and I know they're going to fit well over there with you guys. And uh, like I tell young athletes, I'm going to tell you something. He believes in tough love, but don't forget the tough and the love go together, and uh, I can promise you that if he gets on you, it's because he cares about you, and, He's going to do it, and he's going to do it the right way, and I'm excited to get this news kind of brought out. And it's kind of breaking news. And, Eugene, I'm going to bring you in because, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're a kicking guru. You're a kicking specialist, but uh, I know you had a few things for uh, Coach Shane as well. Yeah, Coach, uh, you know, one thing, I interviewed your uh, – well, well, the punter, I know you're new to the staff. The punter from uh, last year, he was a soccer kid who came out and is – teammates talked him into doing it and that guy you know from what i learned was hitting some good balls you know having never been done it before i just want to put this out there if you got a couple kids that you want to get some work in i'll run low country kicking academy i'd love to work with them i'll reach out to you know i i don't just train you know kids within a certain area a certain school if you are agreeable to it i'd certainly love to work with your guys and uh hopefully get them ready for the season and hopefully put some points or, you know, some good kickoffs or punts or whatever you do. I, I teach everything. I teach from punting, kickoff, you know, field goal, extra point, and kickoff, you know, I work on you know, all facets of that, whether it be, you know, kicking a deep left, right, middle, uh, boots kicks, squib kicks, onside kicks, all that stuff. And like I said, I'd, I'd love to work with them. Well, can you can you guarantee the ball goes in the end zone every time? <laughs> that's what I want. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, special teams are very important. You know, one of one of our goals, one of our goals, I hang up every week. I don't care about how many rushing yards we had or they had. Those goals don't matter to me. The stats that matter to me, are, you know, are things like did we win the starting field position battle? I go through on Saturday morning and I write down starting field position every drive, and whoever had the best average, did we win that goal or not? Typically, whoever had the better starting field position, probably eighty percent of the time wins the game. So, you know, the kicking game is very important. It's vital. We spent a lot of time on it. You know, I spent a lot of time on it on 3A level. Now I'm going on the 5A level with, with even more time, more kids. So we're going to take time. We're going to place importance on it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure our kids love to uh, be able to get some, some uh, more specialized work in. I'm sure some other kids in the area would too. I think you need to put that out there for everybody. Yes, sir, and that's what I do. You know, I trained uh, six kids this morning. Uh, a breakdown was two different high schools. You know, I have them all, th- all out there together, and, you know, I'm always toting around a stopwatch. And, you know, just, just to throw them off a little bit, you know, I stood at the 50-yard line, put them at the 35 going the other way, and I said, you know what, let's see who's the best punter today. And it kind of puts them on the spot, man. We, we had some great kicks and things like that. You know, I just do it just to challenge them, just to kind of get that little uh, – that juice flowing in them, you know, because everybody wants to win. And I look for those guys who are able to step up during pressure. I do things where I pick, make them all go to the sideline. I put a ball out there on the field. First one out there to the ball gets to kick that field goal. You know, you're a head coach. You practice that uh, no timeout, run cow on to kick the field goal drill. And that's what I do in my academy. I, yep. I get those guys ready for to turn them over to you so that when you're ready to perform or you need that kick, they're ready to step up and do it. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit about what I do. And like I said, I, I'd love to work with your guys or any other school. So, you know, definitely we'll, we'll uh, talk about that. And uh, if you got a few guys you want me to work with, I'd certainly love to do that. That'd be awesome. That would be great. Um, one other thing, you know, as you alluded to, you know, there's as a head coach, there's three facets of the game. You got offense, you got defense, and special teams. And and mine's special teams. I will say this, and kind of a, a pat myself on the back, kind of bragging thing. 
Um, as a high school coach over three years, there's only one game that we ever lost to special teams battle, and that was a playoff game, and we lost that game. And I will never forget it because, you know, with all the wins, you, you can remember a win because it's great and gives you a good feeling. But the losses seem to stick with you the longest. And I, man, I will tell you, I put, I put those kids through the ringer because of that game, because of some missed kicks and, and some poor uh, position things and a stink pump. And so uh, as, as a head coach, I know you can appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what you have for special teams. Maybe that you run it yourself. But um, like I said, definitely if you want to send me some kids, you know, I'll train them and turn them over to you. I'll work with you and, and kind of get what your needs are and uh, definitely would love to coach those kids up. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll uh, just get that information to uh, to us, and uh, we'll we'll see. How, you know, get it out to our kids. And, and one other project, uh, Chris and I were working together. He's he's a special teams guy over at Somerville. Is uh, you know, one thing I, I was always trying to do is get together like a a kicking for charity type thing. And one of the things you know, we have MUSC with the Children's Hospital. I know you're a proud new parent of a of, of a beautiful baby, and yeah. and I uh, hope baby and mom are doing well, and you're doing well as being a dad. I know. It's a little different because this time you didn't have spring practice with the baby and everything else, but, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the charity events I was trying to get together, and we're definitely going to try to put that together this summer once things are open up and, you know, kids can get out and compete, but uh, we'll definitely talk about that in the future and see what, you know, what we can do, because I know you still have connections in the Grand Strand area, and we'd like to get those kids down here as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Any, anything for charity is great. You know, we've got a lot, when I was at Walk Mall, we did as many community services as we could. We love supporting everyone in the area and, and you know, helping out bigger causes. And, I, you know, we're going to be doing some stuff like that at Ashley Ridge, too. We just got to get in a place where we can. You know what I mean? We can't do – you can't do too much community service right now with everything that's going on. So uh, we'll get all that right. I, I think that's a great idea. Yes, mom, mom, mom and boy are doing fine. Me and the dog are not because I'll be crying and diaper changing. But we'll be fine. <laughs> well, I hope you're able to get a little bit of sleep there. And, uh, you know, as, as a dad of kids my own, you know, I always had to uh, help out with that, whether it be changings or feedings late at night. So hopefully you're able to catch up on some sleep and also bail her out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I get it with the dogs, too. I have two uh, labs myself, and, uh, you know, they're pretty self-sufficient for the most part. They're big boys. But uh, I can only imagine with the baby in the house and the crying, they're going to get up and need something, too. So, you know, I definitely uh, understand that I've been there as a parent and uh, just want to say God bless, man. I'm glad to hear the mom and baby and yourself are doing well. And welcome to Low Country. I know the first time I was on the show, when I came on Richie, you were our first guest. And uh, having lived in Merle's Inlet, I kind of felt a little connection to you a little bit. And uh, just want to say glad to have you guys down here. I know that school year's finishing up, and that's what you were talking about with her and, and everybody getting situated down here. And just want to say welcome to Low Country, man. We appreciate it. We're we're glad to be back. You know, we had some great times. We were working at Carlton, living in Somerville, and now now we get to be there again. And you know, we we hope to stay for a long, long time. Six. I want to go sixty four years. <laughs> hey man, I'm looking forward to having you back in and around. And I told you, see there, I said it earlier. I said, man, once you connect with somebody from the Grand Strand, they never really let you go. And even Eugene spent some time on the Grand Strand. I told you, man. You got, of course, uh, Spivey on that staff over there. You wait till I give – I'm going to give him a hard time here in about 30 uh, – about 34 minutes. I'm going to reach out to him. But uh, I'm really excited for him and you and that group over there. Uh, he's a great dude. I mean, he really is a great dude. And, 
and I be, I'm blessed to have a couple years with him. And, you know, I'm going to bring him in, you know, once you give me the okay to get your coaches on. And that's the, one of the final things. I want you to – once you feel like you want to get some of your coaches on here, I'd love to, you know, start passing that torch to some of your coaches, your position coaches, and definitely your OC and, and, and the defensive coordinator. And uh, I would like to continue to introduce your staff to this community as I'm trying to do that. Uh, on every show that we have here across the low country and uh, get that new coach at Waccamaw, man. I got to get him in here. I'm still trying to get your baseball guy in here. Uh, the timing hasn't worked out for us all, but we're going to get all you guys in. But uh, keep hooking us up with great guests because uh, I tell you, we appreciate that support you give us there, coach. Yeah. Hey, appreciate uh, being on anything to promote our kids and our program positively. And, you know, one thing I'll say is everybody, please just have faith with all this and, and stay positive and optimistic and uh, let's, you know, I, I get on Twitter and see people being negative about stuff, but that's not helping. Let's just be positive, optimistic, mm. and understand we want everyone to be safe and, and, you know, just let's, let, let's hope, let's, let's have faith that the best is going to happen soon. You know, let's please. I, I agree with you, coach. Before I get you out of here, you got to give us a, a way in with the little one, the newest member of the uh, Fiddler family who's coming in to be the uh, the newest member of the Swamp Foxes uh, here. Uh, give us the name, the weight, man, and uh, something awesome that's already happened in such a short period. All right. He's, he, uh, his name is Wynn Fiddler. Wynn, W-Y-N-N. Uh, why? Because that's what we like to do. We, we ain't raising no losers. <laughs> um, and uh, Wynn Fiddler, and he's in uh, – I, I couldn't tell you the exact stats. I just know what the doctor said. He said uh, 90th percent – this is what they said last visit. 90th percentile in height. 60th in, in weight. I said, sounds like a quarterback. That's good for me. And uh, it's something awesome. My <laughs> wife got some good pictures of me holding him. I got him sitting up. We're watching film, doing different football things. I'm explaining stuff. He's looking at me like, what the heck are you talking about? But he'll get it someday, soon enough. Well, Coach, we appreciate you. We're looking forward to meeting the other half and, of course, uh, the little one as well. And all he does is win, 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 and uh, that's the plan. Over there, of course, at Ashy Ridge, going forward, 2020 seems to be a vision year, and you've got all eyes on a winning season, Coach. Uh, congratulations on all the success. You had not even made it to the football field yet, Coach. I can't wait. Thank you for coming in tonight and hanging out. Appreciate it. Have a great night. God bless everyone. Thank you. Ladies God and gentlemen, bless. the one and only Coach Shane Fiddler joins us here for 30 minutes. Man, 30 solid minutes. But we do have to take a quick break. Let's throw out with Old Town. Here we go, and we'll come right back. We do have a caller. Hang tight in the 843. You're next right here on Southern Sports Central. Booty. Ranger on my booty. Can't nobody tell me nothing. 
like a rock star Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car Got no stress, I've been through all that I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep on back Wish I could roll on back to that old town Boy, oh boy, what a show it's been already. I'm Rich Yalman, alongside Coach Eugene Benton. This is Southern Sports Central coming to you live from the Factory and Fitness Training Studios, Factory Sports and Training Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. We've had them all. I mean, we have been locked and loaded with coaches from the Little League to the Big Leagues, and it doesn't stop as we just, of course, uh, checked in with the newest uh, coach in the area. Shane Fiddler joined us on the road. He's in between A and B as uh, he checked in here with us all the way uh, on the Tent Farm Hotline. He broke the news. We knew Chris Collins was on the staff. Don't be familiar with Chris Collins from Somerville. He's still there. It's Chris Collins from Walterboro that has relocated himself back a little bit closer to home here. And now Hunter Spivey, former offensive coordinator with the Somerville Green Wave. Of course, a little surprise coming up here in just a minute. Another guy that knows him very well, of course, he was his offensive coordinator when he was the head coach at Somerville. This guy is now at Oceanside. And without further ado, I bring a guy that has hosted and helped me and done many great things for me, my brother from another mother, Coach Joe Call, joining us here now all the way from Mount P. What's up, Coach? My brother, my brother Richie, man. Um, man, i got to give a shout-out to Shane Fiddler, man. I love that interview. Man, my brother in Christ, my brother in Christ, Shane Fiddler, man. Um, every Wednesday morning, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m., we have an FCA huddle um, hosted by uh, Clint Eccles and, and you know, Randy Burns. I mean, just right here with, uh, with the Lowcountry FCA and, and Shane's own every Wednesday morning. New baby, uh, new location, new school. Man, he's on every morning. We were on with uh, Autry Denson, Coach Denson at CSU uh, this past Wednesday, man. And then my man uh, uh, Shane was talking about, man, iron sharpens iron. Man, I was pumped. Man, he had me pumped Wednesday morning. And, uh, man, when I heard him, you, you had him on, y'all had him on, uh, and him talking, man, and just, uh, you know, announcing – Hunter coming on staff. I mean, what a great job Shane's doing, um, you know, getting involved right there. I mean, he lives right across the street from his principal. You know, she's on board with FCA, getting FCA in that school. Richie, he's our brother in Christ, man. Eugene, he's our brother he's in dude. Christ. Man, he is with us, you know, and, and our, our kids are, are just, uh, man, we need more men of God in, in front of them. And I'm just – you know, you're pumped to hear him talk and pumped that you know he what he's doing at, at Asher Ridge and uh, you know some of the guys he's getting on staff is just fantastic. Not just Hunter, 
I mean, I just was, was, was you know, reading on, on Twitter about some of the the middle school coaches he's bringing on, you know, guys that I know very well. All that, that Greg middle school staff, all those guys uh, from DeBose middle school staff. I mean, he just uh, – I'm excited for him, you know, to be back in Somerville. Um, um, you know, he and I don't know each other as well as we're going to know each other. But, man, I had to call in, man. I had to had – to, had to hijack the show, man. I feel like I'm hijacking the show, but man, I, I had to give give it up for Shane, man. A man, our brother in Christ, uh, man. What he's going to bring to those kids at Asher Ridge and uh, with FTA, um, with, with how, you know, uh, man, living your life in the extra mile, man. Richie, that's what we have, we we preach. Eugene, that's what we're preaching at Oceanside, man. You know, yes, living sir. your life yes, in the sir. extra mile, and it's just it, it's fantastic. You know, with uh, Tory Tyson, with uh, Mandy G team, the gospel team at Oceanside. I mean, I just I, I get fired up about guys like like uh, like Shane and what he's doing. And uh, man, despite the fact that man, he's got the early morning diaper duty. Man, I've been there, done that. I mean, my daughter's just uh, uh, you know, turned ten today. Son who's fourteen. A uh, daughter's. I mean, we we know it. But man, he's in diaper duty, but he's making time man, for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, man. And he's uh. Um, you know, he's not afraid to put that out there, man. I just, I gotta say that, man. I, I can't, I can't hold it back, man. I, and and I, I hope I'm not hijacking the show by saying that, but man, um, he he's a guy that that I've heard Hunter Spivey talk a lot about uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, somebody who's just uh, such a fantastic man, such a fantastic leader. Uh, coming down here from the Grand Strand, from Waccamaw, man, making his home here back in Somerville, and bringing on some great guys. Man, not you know, you know, Chris Collins. I mean, I've known Chris forever. I mean, I grew up with Chris. Chris is a Somerville guy. Um, you know, I know Chris is a man of Christ as well. And uh, man, bringing in those guys from the middle school right here in Somerville, man, he's doing it. He's doing it, man, and he's uh, he's in the right spot, and he's gonna make an impact on those kids at Asher Ridge and. And in 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 on a on a second note, Eugene, I got I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick with Eugene, so uh, so I'll give my love to, to, to Shane here. But my second point, I got a bone to pick with Eugene. So uh, you know, uh, Fair I, enough. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a breath. I'm gonna take a breath for a minute and, and let you talk, Richie, because it's your show. Eugene, it's your show. I'm gonna take a breath, but uh, but but then Eugene, I'm coming at you. Uh, go ahead, Coach. Well, Coach, go ahead, you know Coach, as well as I do that, 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 that when, it, when it comes down to it, you know, we, we lead with Christ, okay? Everything that, that, that Southern Sports Central was built very similar, and, and I don't care what, what those outside say what you can and can't talk about because without God, this show doesn't even happen, number one. And when I put God as my source and everything else as my resource, right, it falls in order. And, and that's why we've had this growth in the last two or three months more than we've had in a long time. Uh, for example, another good friend of yours, uh, Mr. Steele, the head uh, of all over there at Berkeley High School, right, in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. The principal is uh, going to be bringing himself, his athletic director, the baseball coach, a few baseball players, maybe the football coach, and we're going to do a campus tour over there at Berkeley High School. That's this Sunday. That actually was broken during the show. I've uh, been doing multiple things here as we, we do that, Coach Call. But, uh, you, you know, the one thing that I and, – and I say this all the time, and that when you lead with the right step forward – you can't go wrong. You might fall, but you won't fail. 
You only fail when you stop moving, and that's a guarantee. You know, you can't get stung by a bumblebee if you don't keep if you keep moving that right direction. But you know, it's a lot of fun to to hear your excitement there, Coach. And for me, you and I have known each other for a long time. We go way back, and uh, you know, you and I, you know, I like I told you, you know, there just minutes ago, I, I don't consider you a brother. You are a brother of mine, and uh, you know, I'm excited about your new venture, your new opportunity, your new chapter. But you still have obligations to me in, in Southern Sports Central, and of course, my dream that of course you continue to help me you know, do what we do. And the hardest part, you know, again, you know, this is life as we know it, you know, there's always growth and in growth, you know, you're going to have a few pains, right? Grow pains. And uh, you talk about iron sharpened iron. And as I work very diligently with, with a couple of Somerville kids on Sun on Saturdays, again, I'm not affiliated, uh, you know, as a, as, as a direct coach, I'm more of a life coach. You know, I'm that guy that's going to get these kids and say, look, I'm going to motivate and, and, and do as much as I can to, to get your name out on social media. I'm going to say your name on the radio. I can do as much as you let me do, as much as I want to do for you. It depends what you're giving to me when I ask you to do stuff. And so when I go to these uh, these things on Saturdays and I watch these young men show up, the same ones show up and the same ones don't. You know, Coach, it kind of puts things in principle because, you know, it, it's character. You do what you do when no one else is watching or when you don't have to do it. To me, those are the type of kids I want to be around, Coach. And I'm going to tell you, I see a lot of that over there at Oceanside. I see a lot of that at Somerville. I see a lot of that at Ashley Ridge. But isn't it kind of – and I'm going to let you kind of talk on this, and then I want you to go after Eugene, and I'll sit back and, and pop a Coke and enjoy the, the opportunity here with some popcorn. But that being said, isn't it nice to, as a coach, and, and you can speak on behalf of all coaches, to see who's working, you see who's not working. It's kind of like playing Santa Claus for a little bit. You're checking your list and checking it twice and all that stuff, Coach. I, I tell you, yeah. Uh, thank you, Richie, man. Your 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 words are great, man. Um, but I tell you, who's checking their list right now? When you talk about who's checking their list and who's checking it twice, is definitely college coaches, um, because they've ex- had to extend their dead period to the end of July. So if 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 you ain't doing it right as a high school kid, my my, my advice for all these high school kids listening to your show, and I know thousands of them are listening right now. My advice to them, make sure they're doing it the right way. You know, make sure that the, the, the things that people are saying about them, because that's all the college coaches have now is, is, is you know, who could, who are they allowed to talk to, which is the coaches, the teachers, the administrators, the parents, you know, the, 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 the you know, all the family members. I mean, you know, the you know, people like you, I mean, like, who, who can they talk to? Richie Allman. Eugene Benton. I mean, who can they talk to? And that's who, you know, that they're getting their, um, you know, information from. So, so make sure that, that they're doing it the, the right way. So, uh, but, uh, and that, that's my advice to, to, to these kids right now with, uh, um, with the, the colleges being, um, you know, their dead period extended because, I mean, it, it's so, like, important in, in how you act and what you do. And how you carry yourself, you know, what what kind of person are you? Not not a. And this this is, a, I mean, and I'm, I'm going to get into Coach Spivey here in a second. Now, I'm going to talk about Co- Coach Spivey before I go at you, Eugene. I'm going to talk about Coach Spivey. But one thing Coach Spivey said is always said is, man, be an and guy, not a but guy. And I said that I had a parent meeting tonight, you know, uh, with our coaches, with our parents and our players and all that. I said, be an and guy, not a but guy. And I learned that from Hunter Spivey. You know, um, I mean, th- this kid works hard, and he makes good grades, and he knows how to behave, and he knows how to act. You know, I mean, all of that kind of stuff. Not a, 
not a bug guy. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's, uh, man, for, for, for these kids, man, you just gotta, you know, they, they gotta be the total package, you know, because, uh, of, 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 you know, not only what's going on now, but, and just to carry you in life, you know, carry you in life. Um, can I talk about Hunter Spivey? Can I, can I talk about Hunter Spivey? Most definitely. I, yeah. Yeah, I, you you know him as well as anybody, right? At this point, I can tell you that. All right. <laughs> I I don't know if Hunter's listening. I don't know if anybody from Ashridge is listening. I don't know what, what, what any of that right now. But uh, I'm gonna tell you what. That guy is the best real guy that 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 I've ever known, as far as just realization of life. I mean, he is gonna be so good for their kids. You know, so good for their coaches, so good for their school because he he just he understands, man, life just how it should be. You know how how just like, man, with this uh, that our society's going through, man, with uh, what's happening up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I mean, he just has a perspective on on life and how to treat people and how to act. Man, I'm just I'm passionate about it, Richie and Eugene. I, I mean, I'm 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 sorry to kind of I, I feel like I'm over the top, but man, I'm I'm just really really passionate because I know I know Hunter's like that, man, and he's just so like pours into these kids. As far as like you know, when we do stuff like you try to give them motivational co- uh, quotes and stuff, I and mean, he's giving them stuff that directs to life, how you should act on a day-to-day basis, how you should treat other people. Man, how when, you know, how when adversity hits in your life, man, how are you going to get up? Man, how are you going to make the next best decision? I mean, Hunter Spivey taught me that. Man, and, and, and I'm grateful for the, the last two years that I had him as, as – man, I didn't have him – not only as an offensive coordinator, man, I had him as a life coach for me, you know, just because it, it was it was how to how to talk to kids and treat kids. And, man, I know Shane, and that's why Shane brought him on, because Shane knows that about him, you know, and uh, and, and, and what Hunter can bring to those, those kids, uh, you know, much less the, the trick plays and, you know, the, the genius offensive mind and stuff like that. But, man, you uh, know, what what Hunter brings to the table with with Amy, his wife, with his three boys, is 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 fantastic, man. He's a he's a life dude, man. He's a Christian dude, man. He, you know, and he's a he's a great guy. So, um, you know, I just wanted wanted to say that about Hunter, and you know, he's a guy I tried to get to Oceanside, man. I I tried like crazy to get him to Oceanside, um, but you know, I mean, just 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 the way we're set up. Uh, you know, it, it couldn't work out, unfortunately. And uh, but the way he reaches kids and talks to kids is, is fantastic. So, uh, man, I just uh, wanted to say that about him uh, because uh, he he's a guy I've, I've grown to to love over the last couple of years because I know where his heart's at. And uh, I don't know who's listening to that and needs to hear that, but man, uh, we need more people like that in front of our our kids who. And that's what a coach is, man. A coach just ain't somebody who's who's X's and O's and screams and hollers from the 
you know, from the coach's box, man, but somebody who on a day-to-day basis just really pours into these kids about, you know, what's really important, you know, what's really important, man. And that's that's loving on, on kids and loving on, uh, you know, our society and, and trying to make our society better. So, uh, but, um, all right, I'm off. All right, Eugene, you're up. I'm coming at you, man. I'm up. I'm up, coach. I'm up, coach. Hey, man. Hey, man. I love you. Man, we got the best. I mean, we we have got the best kickers and specialists in the entire state of South Carolina. And you giving away our secrets, man. You giving away <laughs> our secrets, man. <laughs> Hey, man, you're telling the world right now. Man, you, you're like, hey, man, I mean, I know you, you got the, you know, you, you know I'm tongue-in-cheek right now. You know that. But, man, we yeah, got to win coach. games with special teams, man. It's the, it's the third aspect of the game. Man, all these geniuses, quote-unquote, I got air quotes going, quote-unquote geniuses know everything there is to know about offense and defense but they forget about special teams. That's your specialty, man. That's what we got here. And I'm listening to you like, man, bring your kids in. Man, I'm going to work with these kids. And, man, we got these the best kickers. They punting this, and they flipping the field, and they hit these 50. I'm like, man, hush. Don't tell nobody that. <laughs> we got to win games with this. Now, hey, man, you know I'm tongue-in-cheek. You know I love you, Eugene. You know yes, I love sir. You. Yes, sir, Coach. You know, I totally get it, Coach. And, hey, man, uh, this is you know, this is our secret, man, that we have here. Man, we got we got you, man. Oh, man, I could reel off the names of the kids that that you've uh, coached up, man, you trained up, man, hitting these. Woo! But, man, don't give away our secrets, man. Don't give them all away. Don't give them all well, away. I'll tell you, a couple of your, a couple of your guys. Hey, train them up. Hey, the train them up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Eugene. I ain't done yet. Train them up, train them up. But if they on the schedule, don't coach them up to beat us. <laughs> yeah, no problem, coach. I mean, it, it, and I looked at it. The only the only uh, kids I trained I know is uh, a couple kids from Lucy Beckham that are, be competing against our guys in JV at the end of the year. Um, but you know, and, and and that's what it is. You know, like like you and I talked about before. It's about get these kids trained, get them to the best level, you know, get them out there competing, whether it be, you know, here locally in their high school games or around the country. And I meant to text you earlier. Oh, I, I, need talk to you, I need to talk to you about the schedule for your guys because, you know, they've been invited to some elite national competitions throughout the country. You know, you Absolutely, got three guys on right now that are nationally ranked. And, uh, you know, we're same thing as you. You and I talked about that. We're just trying to get them at – at the next level, if if that opportunity presents itself, at the biggest best opportunity they can get, and uh, you know, I, they your boys put on a heck of a performance earlier. You know, even the JV guys, I paired them up against Lucy Beckham, and I said, you know, they were all kind of you know friendly talking trash, and I said, well, go ahead, put the tee on the forty yard line, let's have a kickoff competition. And uh, I will say the J the uh, Oceanside guys won that competition, uh, hands down. And uh, you know, and, oh, and I told the other guys, you, you know, you know, I'm just, guys, uh, you gotta you know, work. Just, man, you know, I'm just messing with you, man. I mean, what oh, you do course. is fantastic, man. You, you, you are, you are the man when it comes to like, like these, the kicking training them. I mean, with these these kids. So, 
And I mean, I'm, I I love kids, man. I love love the opportunities they get. So uh, man, don't I don't want you to, you know, anybody to take it the wrong way. So, uh, but man, I'm just giving oh, you a hard time. You know that. Definitely not. And you know, you got one that's going that uh, I'm taking up to Ohio State next weekend, and uh, we're looking for a big day out of that guy. He uh, he hit some monster kicks today, and I, I know you uh, fellow Gamecock football, and oh, we had um, yeah. Elliot. We had Elliot Fry comes out now and trains with us too on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and he mentors your guys not only on just kicking, but you know the importance of the weight room for kickers. Because as he told them, coming out of high school in Texas, you know weight room, and even when he first got to Carolina, weight room for kickers was kind of yeah, you know you show up and do your kick routine and kind of go do your own thing. And he told him he said, you know I'm signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he showed them his Tampa Bay NFL footballs, and that's what he's kicking out there, and. I'm holding for him, and he's kicking 62-yard field goals, and, and, you know, he's asking me to time, and he's putting on the show for the kids. And he, he ended up being, he said, guys, this is weight room stuff because you can kick and you can have leg speed. And we all know if, if you're a kicker trainer, so much it has to do with leg speed, not necessarily strength. But he's like, guys, that weight room is important, and if I had known now what I knew or, or known then what I know now, you guys need to be in the weight room just like the other guys. Maybe you go in with the receivers or something like that, but the weight room is so important. You should see your boys looking at him, starry-eyed, going, you know, yeah, 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 I'm going to go to the weight room with those guys. And, you know, it's, it's not so much just show up and do your kicks and go home. And, you know, he's been a heck of a, a motivator with me out there as, as Elliot, and he loves giving back to the kids. And like I said, he's there every Tuesday and Thursday with uh, with the kids there in Mount Pleasant. It's been a, It's been an awesome – you know, working with him and them seeing an NFL guy do the thing. And, you know, because that's where their dreams are. Their dreams are go to college. Everybody, you know, and, and, and the possible the NFL. And they're seeing him video his workouts and having me time kicks and this, that, and the other. And it's been such a great, great experience. You know, it's, it's such a blessing to work with these kids who are willing to work like that. And uh, I just appreciate the opportunity you give me to kind of work with your kids and, and everything else. And, you know, like I said, we're getting on the road and we'll give them a, the best opportunity they can to get to that next level. Oh man, that is that is fantastic, man. They're they're not my kids, man. They're our kids, man. They're, they're your kids. With you, you've done, man. Loving them, kids, and uh, man, what a great opportunity um, you're you're giving them, man. So, uh, uh, man, guys, I I I know we're up against the clock here, but uh, man, Richie, Eugene, I appreciate the the opportunity for me to call in, and man, I hate to, to like. Bus chops, but man, loving on uh, Shane and what he's doing at Asher Ridge and Hunter Spivey. Man, he's a brother of mine, and man, both of them are brothers in Christ. And uh, love you guys, and um, man, I, I, I appreciate your show. Man, I, I love it. Man, love, love listening in, and, and and have my kids and my wife and all everybody listening in and getting to walk out on the porch and you know give you guys a call. So, uh, man, I love this, man. Love it. All right, see you guys. <laughs> Hey, Coach, make sure you tell Libby we say happy birthday. She's 10 today. Is that right? Is she 10? She turned 10 today? She is 10. 10. The big 1-0, man. <laughs> hey, they don't slow down, man. Did. I got a 19-year-old and a 12-year-old, so it doesn't get any easier. Let me tell you that, man. But we appreciate you very much. All right, guys. See you. All right, buddy. God bless. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Joe Call joined us to wrap up the show and get it in style. Showing love to other coaches is to me, one of the most humbling things you can do. And, of course, uh, we are excited to have uh, 
Shane down here in the Charleston area to have him around. Ashley Ridge, he broke the news. Hunter Spivey, woo, boy, that's a big pickup there. I don't care who you are. Coach Spivey's going to bring the intensity. He's going to bring the expectations. But he's going to bring a lot of other great things along with his family when he gets there. So uh, we'll get him in here maybe on Tuesday of next week. Don't forget Sunday we take the college or the high school campus tour as we'll head to Berkeley where we'll check in with uh, Mr. Steele and staff. They will check in with the athletic director, the baseball coach, and baseball players, along with a few others over there in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. I want to thank everybody who joined us here tonight. Eugene, we've got about 30 seconds, buddy. God bless you. Thank you for what you do, and we will do it again Sunday night. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, everyone. Stay healthy, and uh, as you may say that I, I will be on the road next Thursday. As we talked about earlier, Spencer has a big kicking thing up at Ohio State, so we wish him the best, and uh, God bless everyone. Stay healthy. No doubt about it, guys. That'll do it for tonight. For all of us, to all of you, God bless you. Take care. Stay safe. Stay out of each other's face so we can get back to the new normal. Until then, we'll see you Sunday night live on the campus, well, virtually, over there at Monk's Corner, South Carolina, as we'll check in with the Berkeley Stags, guys. Until then, we'll see you next time. It hit me like a punch took my breath. He was just getting into his best years. Yes, something like that'll shake you up, wake you up. So I stopped off at a Texaco, bought a Slim Jim and a Coke, parked out by the